Run it up. This is another brand new episode of the Run It Up podcast. Run it up. We going in on everything sports, pop culture, and everything in the world of hip hop. Let's go. This is the Run It Up podcast with Najee Adams. What is up, everybody? And welcome back to another episode of the Run It Up podcast. I'm your host, Najee Adams. You know I got my guy with me today. Hello, Baker. How you doing, bro? I'm doing doing well. Went back to work today. Started snow again. We're out of work again tomorrow. It's been a beautiful week. I've been to work one day this week. And it's been That's remote. what we like to hear. If you're watching the video version, you can tell this is a different look for Khalil. He's not in the, he's yeah. not in the, the, the work office. He's in his crib. He's on the couch, so we're, yeah, we're we're, cool we're we're a little snowed in. Um, the other night when it when it snowed pretty pretty badly, I couldn't I couldn't even make it to my driveway, so I'm not even yeah. gonna risk it. I'm not even gonna risk it. We're gonna chill chill here and be comfy on my couch, I guess. So no, you we got a, we got a little bit of snow here, nothing too crazy. I hadn't uh cleaned off my car for two days, so I went and did that today. Um. That was tough. I'll be honest. It, had been, it became icy. So I was just chipping away. Yeah, chipping, away. Just chipping away for like 10, 20 minutes. But it's cool. We, I think we're supposed to get more snow tomorrow. So it'll it's be crazy. An, another little snow day. But you doing all right? Yeah, I'm chilling, bro. It was a good little week of work. I, I, I did a little work outing for the first time today, tonight. We we went to Bolero in Chelsea Piers in New York. It's basically in the city of Manhattan. Okay. Um, I work remote, so like I I don't I've never met a lot of people I work with in person until tonight. Like I was just I just know them by their slacky fucking profile picture. So it was cool to meet them. You know, it was cool to just bowl a little bit, talk work, talk regular stuff with people, and put names. I mean, faces to names and all right. that. So it was cool, but you know, we came home, took the Uber home, and now we recorded. You know, we on the grind, my boy. Yeah, that's amazing to me, by the way, how people. I mean, we do the same thing. I've never met you in person. No, never. But Justice I've seen you, you. You know. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So it, it's just a, it's just so crazy that way. Yeah. Uh, speaking of, I need to find me a remote job. I need a. The remote job is the way, bro. My boss nice. actually said today that they want us to like come into the office more. I was like, eh, I don't really want to do that. That's kind of <laughs> that's kind of the perks of the remote job. Right. But, um, but yeah, bro, we've been chilling. Um, just to give everybody a little rundown today, we are going to recap last weekend's games. Uh, in between that, we're going to talk a little bit about each team. You know, two of the Dolphins, the Cowboys, the Eagles, where they go from here. Talk C.J. Stroud, talk Jordan Love, Puka Nakua, you know, all the big name guys from this weekend. Um, we're going to rank the remaining playoff QB. So there's eight QBs left. We're going to give our rankings of them. And then we're going to dive into our picks of this week's games. Um, last week didn't go so great for me, I'll be honest. So, you know, let's <laughs> let's hope that we get a better record this weekend, maybe. But before we get into that, make sure everybody subscribes to Run It Up Podcast. Uh, subscribe on YouTube, leave a comment, leave a like, tell your friends about it, subscribe on Apple Music, Spotify, wherever you're listening to it right now, make sure you're subscribed. Um, make sure you leave a five-star rating and review. Uh, follow us on TikTok at the Run It Up Podcast. We post a decent amount on TikTok. I'm proud of how much TikTok stuff we got up. Hey, we got up. You've been killing it. I, I, I appreciate thank you so it. much I was, for that. That's awesome. 
I was locked in, bro. We got <laughs> we got out every game on the day of it coming out. I was uh, I was fucking locked. I had to make sure we did it. Um, a part of New Year's resolution, you know, consistent is that's the key. So we're gonna keep doing it. Um, so yeah, follow us on TikTok. We got a lot of good content last weekend, and we're gonna keep it going this weekend. Uh, and then follow us on Twitter at the Run It Up Pod. You can follow me on Twitter at Najiana underscore Khalil at Balil forty four and Justice at Jreed underscore. Whew. So now that the plugs are over, gotta go. Song of the week. Uh, I think I went first last week, so go ahead, my boy. Who's your song of the week? What is your song of the week? Uh, in my spare time when I'm just chilling at the house, I I get on TikTok quite a bit. It's been it's been popping here lately for me. Uh, but I got a lot of my for you page is perfect, and I get a lot of music that comes from my for you page. Mm-hmm. And there's a song it came out in 2021, but she just like dropped a another TikTok of it. And it's called Come Over. It's by Ella Gilbert. I think she's like out of like Australia or something. I don't know. Okay, but it's like a it's like a really smooth like vibey. Like mm-hmm. not like R and B, but like kind of close to a little alternative. But it's a really good song. Uh, so I've been listening to that a lot lately. So come over by Ella Gilbert. Beautiful TikTok got the bangers, bro. TikTok a hundred percent has the bangers. So I do not the, believe. It. Yeah, you got the leagues. They got people doing mashups and stuff. Yeah, like it's, yeah. Like it's, it's clean. TikTok got that shit. So y'all gonna hear? Uh, oh, I was about to say y'all gonna hear it now, but you're not gonna hear it now actually because uh, you can't play it. But you're gonna look in the description for it at the bottom. Says song of the week. So go check that out. Uh, my song of the week is actually off the Twenty One Savage album, American Dream. It's called uh, "Prove It" by Twenty One Savage and Summer Walker. I'll be honest, I don't, I don't like the album. To be honest, I think that's widely like a hot take. I think people love the Twenty One Savage album. I'm not one of them, but this song is fire. So you know, go check it out if you haven't heard it already. Uh, but yeah, "Prove It" by Twenty One Savage and Summer Walker. I haven't listened so- to the album yet. I listened to a few songs. I literally ran through it one time and this is a horrible way to judge an album because a lot of times like the stuff come like it hits you on second, third, fourth listens. Mm -hmm. Um, But I ran through it one time and I did not really love it, to be honest. I like a couple songs, but I did not really love it. I'm sure like when I'm out and I hear it, I'll be like, all right, this is fire. That's kind of how I like decide if I like a song. If I hear it while I'm somewhere else and I'm and not in my car or in my room. Um, and I hear it out and I'm like, oh, okay, this is vibey. I can listen to it. So maybe I'll come around on a few, but so far I'm not a big fan of the album, but yeah, hot take. A lot of people love it. I've been hearing a lot of people say they didn't like the album. Oh, really? I, maybe yeah. it's just a little Milo friend group. Milo, the kids I talk to, they love it. He's a big 21 Savage guy. So, yeah. um, and, I, and I don't have music that pops up on my Twitter. I stay off of like that type of, that side of Twitter. It's really just yeah. sports for me. It's like I have no my idea. Twitter is just all sports. It's like all yeah, Lakers, Seahawks, sports betting, uh, like yeah. dynasty fantasy football. Like that's that's all I yeah. get into. So um, sports, sports, and like film and TV shows, and yeah, that's yeah, it. Yeah, that is yeah, it. Yeah. And I barely want like TV shows and stuff because people just I don't know. Did I don't need all the. Have you watched the Bear? Uh, for sure, yeah. Great, great show, incredible show, incredible episodes, television. I think episode seven and ten. Ten is the Christmas like, episode. Uh, I think so. I think so. But, but ten was the the season finale, mm. and that is some of the best TV I've ever watched in my the life. The one shot between them going in and out of the the kitchen yeah. is insane. Like, God, like one shot, no cuts, <laughs> just straight acting, like uh, that, like a play. That's crazy. His oh. show is uh, is just out of this world, and yeah, that bro. episode. Like I was, 
pacing in my living room watching that episode like i was yeah, stressed it's out it's, it's like the most it's just the, some of the most intense tv and it's just like i mean i've worked in like uh, restaurants and stuff so i know how crazy it gets but that's like it was just perfect it was really good if you haven't watched succession peep succession bro i do need it. to watch that too it's the greatest show it. i've ever watched in my entire life it is the best show of all time i've never seen the show better than that i will go to the grave thinking <laughs> that, that is the greatest show ever bro that's um, been popping up on my my uh, Twitter too. Probably because I've been it. liking it, bro. I've been yeah. tweeting and liking and retweeting. They won all the Emmys because it was the final season, and and they kind of kept going, but they ended the story. So, um, but yeah, Succession is amazing. If no one listening to this has, if you haven't seen Succession, go watch it, bro. I know people are like, oh my god, this is, no, do not listen to them. Succession is the greatest show ever. So go tap in. I'm sorry, soon. I'm uh, I won't. I'll have a ton of time this weekend. So beautiful. Um. So, yeah, I guess we get into uh, this weekend or I guess last weekend's games. Uh, I believe I went three for six on my picks. Uh, so a good 50 percent, which is actually pretty fucking horrible. Uh, I I missed on Lions Rams. I picked the Rams to win. Obviously, the Lions won by one. I missed on Browns Texans. I picked the Browns to win. That was yeah. a blowout. And I missed on... Uh, what was you the pick Cowboys, right? I did. I picked Cowboys. Yeah, I picked Cowboys. Yeah. I missed on Packers Cowboys, and so the, and obviously the Packers destroyed them. So that's <laughs> that's three that I missed on. The other three I hit. Uh, what did you did you go five I or think, six? I think I went four for two because I I got I did Browns and Rams as well. Oh, so you went four and two, but oh, so yeah. you went four four out of six. You hit. Yeah, four out of six. Yeah, four out of six. Because you went Browns and Rams too. Yeah, you went four out of six. Because you picked the difference between me and you is you picked the Packers to win. Yeah, there it is. And I was, <laughs> and I was other than that. And I was like firmly, like decently confident that Browns Texans game could have gone either way for sure. But I was like, Rams, that's tough. I had all the, the stats to make me believe that the Texans would win. Like the Browns being the worst defense on the road was all I need. Like that was that's that that was all that needed to be said. And I was still like, no, 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 Joe Flacco. He's gonna you know, win them that game. You brought all the yeah. You brought great stats right there. And <laughs> I was I, like, we should have. We should be both. I should have picked the Texans. <laughs> I should have picked the Texans, bro. Um, but yeah, I mean, we can start there. Browns, Texans, Texans obviously win forty-five to fourteen. Uh, CJ Stroud might be the best rookie QB in NFL history. Youngest QB in NFL history to win a playoff game. Uh, I think he looked pretty flawless the entire night. Uh, he stood in the pocket. He delivered absolute dart after dart after dart, no matter how the pressure was coming in what way they were dialing it up. He ended up going 16 for 21, 274 passing yards, three touchdowns. Um, crazy thing is, he it could have been a much bigger game for him. He only threw five passes in the second half. Because, you know, Joe Flacco do two pick sixes. So, you know, the defense ended up holding it down. He didn't have to do much in that second half. Um, a Bobby Slowick master class. Me and Khalil both want that man to be the coach of our football team. Um, is he going to be? I don't know. C.O.'s got an interview. But we just interviewed we'll we him. <laughs> That's what I'm tonight. saying. We, yeah. I think we interviewed him on Saturday, I think. But, uh, hey, it ain't going to be Dan Quinn. That's all I'm happy about. That's the greatest thing to happen for me this Crazy. weekend. Um and yeah, uh, Bobby Sullivan masterclass, like I said, uh, the Browns defense struggled on the road all season. We said that they took advantage of that. Will Anderson played amazing. D'Amico Ryans coached a great game. Nico Collins looked like a legit wide receiver one. Uh, basically, 
just an all-out masterclass out of the Texas organization, and they're moving on to the division. Or what did you think of it, Cool? Yeah, Nico Collins is about to get paid. Uh, one of the like more ironic things about you know the weekend. Um, every, I think everyone was kind of like hesitant about Slowick. Uh, he you know first year play caller. Um, you know maybe needs a little bit more time. You know like give him another year. Kind of what happened with Ben Johnson, but Ben Johnson elected yeah. to kind of like actually just stay with the Lions. Uh, but you know give him some more time and let him develop a little bit more. And then he opens up with that game. Uh, you know against a, a really good somewhat good uh, Cleveland Browns defense and he was just in his bag and and people everyone hopped on the train very quickly and the tide turned so quickly for him and, and so many fan bases I felt like really you know got you know um, hot on the name and really wanted to kind of bring him in as a coach like I uh, kind of always been you know wanting to bring him in as a Titans coach or at least have one have him as one of the top three candidates and now you had the Seahawks fan would love to have him as the same um, you know, you don't want to miss out one of those top offensive guys, um, you know, that we've seen in the past few years. Every year is another name, uh, and, and someone who's and really proven themselves as a play caller. Um, you know, so I think he's definitely gonna get he's definitely gonna get a, a head coaching spot if he wants it. We'll just have to see what it looks like. But again, CJ Stroud, amazing, uh, can make every throw, uh, even miss some throws here and there, or maybe force a few things. But he was pretty pretty good on the day. Uh, and that Cleveland Browns defense is just like, that was just so shocking to me, uh, you know, seeing what we saw. Uh, but D'Amico Ryans has done a great job for most of the year uh, with that Texans team um, and probably one of the most unexpected, you know, things from this season, if not the most unexpected thing. Yeah, I think the the I don't even know if I was surprised with the Browns because I did know that like they weren't great on the road, but just the magnitude of like, the like the difference in the way these two teams looked was massive, especially in that yeah. second half. Like once the Texans started rolling, like there was no like it. It looked like this. These two teams aren't even in the same league, like competition yeah. skill wise. So I think I was surprised with that. Like I thought the tech, the Brown, I had the Browns winning, but like I said, it could be a little shootouty, and it wasn't even shootouty. The Texans just destroyed them. Like they put up forty five on their own. Um. And so, yeah, I, I think what you said about the the whole, like, teams wanting Bobby Slowick to, like, coach their team and, and because he's an offensive guy is, like, really where the league is headed because, like, I think a lot of these teams that need head coaching – uh, head that have open have head coach spots are going to end up hiring offensive guys. Like that's just the way the league is going. Like you can hire a defensive guy and then hire a great offensive coordinator. That offensive coordinator is getting poached next season. Like. Yeah. It, like whereas like at, as a head coach you're not losing your head coach to a team in the next year so you might as well hire a brilliant offensive mind knowing that you will not lose him next year give him the keys to call the plays on the offensive side and then hire a great defensive coordinator guy because defensive coordinators are getting poached no one's taking the best defensive coordinator outside <laughs> like mike Mc, mike mcdonald from the ravens who might get poached yeah. but even then it's like they're the best defense in the league as long as you're not that you should be fine and even him, he might not even get a head coaching job because a lot of these teams are swaying towards offense. So I think that's a great point you brought up. Um, the, 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 the next thing I really wanted to ask you was, like, how good do we feel like C.J. Stroud is? So, like, in, in order to gauge this, right, I'm yeah. going gonna, gonna to give you a name of a quarterback. You tell me whether you would have C.J. Stroud over them or not. Right. Like, and I think there needs to be context added. Am I asking you, like, is this 
for one game or am I asking you, is this for the future? I think I'm going to end up saying, I don't know, like this is the QB of your, who would you rather have be your franchise quarterback? I think yeah. it's a good way to generalize it. Yeah. Well, usually when I, when I like doing exercises like this, it's like, man, I got to have an average team, you know, and it, it's balanced on both sides, whatever, whatever. And like, who's the guy I want leading my offense? So like, there's nothing like there's no other context. It's like an average team. Put it out there. Who do I want leading my franchise? Beautiful. So, CJ Stroud or Dak Prescott? CJ Stroud. Okay. CJ. CJ Stroud. CJ Stroud or Josh Allen? Josh Allen. Oh, okay. CJ Stroud yeah. or Matt Stafford? I'm gonna go Stroud. CJ Stroud or Jalen Hurts? Stroud. Oh, okay. Yeah. CJ Stroud or Joe Burrow? I will go Joe Burrow right now. Okay. Okay. It, it's 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 close. <laughs> I'm sorry, it's close. Okay. Okay. CJ Stroud or Trevor Lawrence? Stroud. CJ Stroud or Justin Herbert? Yeah, we know you're a Herbert guy. So. I'm gonna go Stroud. Okay. <laughs> okay. We like that. And then lastly, CJ Stroud or Jordan Love. Stroud. Okay, don't worry, yeah. we're doing the same thing with Jordan Love later. So yeah, there's a, there's, a, there's a few of those that are super close. Um, you know, the Burrow thing, Burrow's been just more established. Um, you know, he's taking this team to a Super Bowl. Uh, he, he, he can do all the things that Stroud can do. Stroud has a few better traits than he does, but again, not I'm not trying to disrespect Joe Burrow, of course, and uh, you know, what he's done in the league so far. But so, I'm gonna take Burrow there, Herbert. I just think Stroud has shown a little bit more. Herbert is a machine throwing the football. Uh, he can make any throw. Uh, has one of the most impressive arms you know, in the NFL. But there's just a few things I think he lacks in that even C.J. Stroud in his first year uh, and then even just after that Georgia game has shown mm -hmm. as far as an uh, improviser, uh, being able to play out of structure, uh, has a great arm himself, uh, can make any throw, and then also add on to that, uh, again, with the out of structure play, throw off his back foot, uh, throwing from different angles, whatever it looks like, and one of the most impressive rookie years. And in Hurts, I just feel like that not that there's a ceiling on it, and we'll talk about you know stuff like that later on, um, but still developing in a few different areas as far as uh, you know, um, you know, being in the pocket, you know, being able to read it out. You know, we've even seen some things with uh, preparation and you know being prepared as far as like having a blitz plan, which of course some is coaching, but also, you know, the quarterback does fall in line there. Um, so there's a, you know, it kind of goes both ways. Uh, but I just think we've seen more uh, out of CJ Stroud as a passer and then also just being able to create out of structure, um, you know, that he's, he's just done amazingly this season. So Stroud for my money for over a lot of guys, um, especially like, you know, Trevor Lawrence, you know, those type of guys too. Yeah, I think the only people you picked over CJ were Joe Burrow and Josh Allen, who are going into the season. I think everyone could agree they were two of the best three quarterbacks in the NFL, considered at least by the yeah. mass majority. Um, for me, I'd probably say the same. Yeah, I would. I would say the exact same. To be completely honest, you, you uh, seem surprised about the Dak Prescott one. And that was your well, first one. I surprised. I was just shocked with like how quickly you were like, okay, "Yeah, he's yeah, trash." Yeah. <laughs> 
I think I think the the one that a lot of people kind of go back and forth about is Joe Burrow. Just I think recency bias is a hell of a drug with that one. Um, and I think it's really a what you've done for me lately league. Obviously, CJ Stratus currently in the playoffs. He's people just watched him dice the rounds up five days ago. We haven't seen Joe Burrow play in like two months. So obviously yeah. it's very easy to say CJ Stroud. I just think like Joe Burrow has consistently been one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL for multiple years. And so I'm going to go ahead and give him the edge there. Uh, I would also take him over Justin Herbert. I think Justin Herbert is, I don't want to say he's overrated. I will be very clear. I do not want to say he's overrated. I think he's a gunslinger 100%, but Jordan Love and CJ Stroud have more playoff wins than him. Like that's, (laughs) that's crazy. Like, I'm sorry. The Packers are the youngest team in the NFL. Nobody thought CJ Stroud was taking the Texans to the playoffs. They had a four and a half win total, like coming into the season and they got it done. So, like, to continuously say, like, oh, Justin Herbert, that defense sucks. Who does he have except for Keenan Allen? Like, hey, Jordan Love got it done with us. <laughs> CJ Stroud, no one thought Nico Collins was good, and now he's great. Yeah. So, like, I can't keep saying that, hey, Justin Herbert, it sucks. It sucks. You, I, I wish he had more help. Hey, other people do a lot more with less. So, I'm going to go ahead and say Jordan Love and CJ Stroud, boom. Um. And so, yeah, that is our, our recap of Browns-Texans. Obviously, the Browns uh, are eliminated. They go on. The Texans go on to face the Baltimore Ravens, which we will get to in a little bit. Moving on to the next game uh, that happened this weekend, Chiefs-Dolphins. Uh, Chiefs win 26-7, fourth coldest game in NFL history. Pat Mahomes' helmet breaks. All that crazy shit happens. Andy Reid has a frozen mustache. Uh, the Dolphins' only score was a 53-yard Tyree kill revenge game bomb. Uh, Pat Mahomes moves to 7-0 and in wild card and divisional round games. The man has literally never lost a game outside of the conference finals or Super Bowl, which is absolutely insane. He's been to the AFC Championship five straight years. Every year since 2018, the AFC Championship has been in Arrowhead. Uh, I would like to ask you what the Dolphins do from here, though. Like, we know the Chiefs are going on to play the Bills. Winner of that will go on to play whoever comes out of that next game. but. I think whoever comes out of Ravens Texans, I think that uh, the the Dolphins have a really interesting offseason coming up. And you know, do they extend to a do? What do they do? Do they add people to the coaching staff? Do they try and diversify the offense? You obviously got a monster season out of Raheem Mostert. What happens there? Uh, I just want to know what do you think the Dolphins do going into the offseason, bro? So uh, to his he he's on his option, right? So he doesn't yeah. have. They don't. They have picked to up his fifth year last year. Yeah. Yeah, but they can still uh, extend them this summer if they wanted to, right? But um, it, it's tricky, man. I personally think that uh, Mike McDaniel is an amazing uh, play designer, a uh, really good play caller. You know, he's shown to be one of the best minds in football pretty early on. Uh, when you're in, you know, your you know second, third year, whatever it is, I can't remember, um, as a play caller in this capacity and people are stealing from you, like what like you should do in football, but like people are stealing like your, your ideas, your play designs, like the, even the the motions that they've had this season. Uh, there's some really. Have you seen the names for those motions? No. On, oh, okay. I'm about to I'm about to cuss. Okay. Um, oh please, I never yeah, hear Khalil. I, I just want to let people cuss. know Khalil doesn't cuss. So this is this is a <laughs> game changer. I don't. Yeah, I don't cuss. I, I know one of them is Shart. 
one of the the motions it, it's on twitter there's a guy named coach Foz, and i think um qb school has talked about it a little bit but one of the names are, is sharp i'm pretty sure and the other name might might be shit if i'm not mistaken uh, <laughs> i would like board dolphins play calls to come out just so that club can curse more so like those those motions that we all uh all see and and like really uh, put the defense in the bind that we've seen, you know, Tyreek Hill do. Like, it's sharp. He, like, shit, goes something. down on one knee and, like, does crazy it, it, No, it's wild, man. Um, <laughs> it's it's the craziest thing ever. But, like, like people are – everyone is incorporating those type of motions uh, in, into their offense now. I'm going to be looking through this uh, to make sure I'm right here. I don't want to be too wrong. Um, but even then, I think the, the Dolphins this year have been held back by injury quite a bit. Uh, especially on the defensive end, and especially pretty late, you know, losing pretty much all their premier pass rushers. They're out there playing Mel- Melvin Ingram at, at one point, and that's like that's that's a tough, tough. day when you when you're when <laughs> you uh, when you've had to go to go to the uh, you know that resort right there. That's that's a tough day uh, in today's age. You know, of course, he was a really good player uh, years ago, but he, he's just not the same player. Of course, it's just how it goes. Um, you know, so they're they've been in a tough spot. Uh, offensive line have been in tough spots there. Tyreek Kill has been banged up. Waddle had a, a pretty um, like injury riddled season, I feel like, and, and just you know couldn't always finish games that way. You know, so like that's hard. That's really hard for anyone to overcome. Uh, we we've seen. It. I try not to leave context out of situations. Um, I tried to, you know, really put context in the takes. Like we've seen Lamar Jackson suffer from injuries, not just within himself, but with the t- uh, team that surrounds him too. And even as great as a quarterback he is, there's only so much he can do to overcome t- a team's mistakes in those injuries, right? Um, you know, so to an extent, I feel like you have to, you know, cut some slack as, as far as for Mike McDaniel and Tua in that regard. But I think ultimately, even if you have a healthy team, a healthy Dolphins team right now. I think Tua still holds that team back. Um, I think there's a ceiling on that team. I, I think I created a tier list with uh, a few guys in the Twitter uh, group chat that I have, and it's like it came after the Cam Newton comments um, that went super viral, but it was talking about – it basically just uh, narrowed down the tiers to, like, game changers. It narrowed down the tiers to game managers, uh, guys with a sprinkle of game changer in them. Uh, perfect surrounding guys as well I think I initially it was kind of a little a little bit before the season ended a few weeks before the season ended but I put Tua in that um, game manager situation I put Tua in there I think I put Geno Smith in there and a few other guys right Brock Purdy uh, just to name them Uh, but just kind of seeing how things have gone uh, you know at towards the end of the season things going to playoffs and of course Weather conditions are awful. That's hard to play in. I've played in conditions like that with snow on the ground. It's not fun. It's not easy. Uh, everything is cold. The, the ball is rock solid. Like and I, So I couldn't imagine being in that situation and him having to deal with that. Um, but it's not like they beat good teams anyway. So Yeah, yeah. So, like, what? They were, like, one and six against, what, playoff teams or something? They were one and five, now one and six after the yeah, last so, game. Yeah. Yeah. So, so now one and six. So it's like like there's validity to, like, you know, I talked to we, the last time, the first time we recorded this season, this past NFL season, I think I talked about it with you. Just like when it comes to these bigger matchups and he's going against QBs that are obviously much better than him. I don't think he can go tick for tack with those tick for tack with those uh, those QBs. I don't think he can match up 
with those QBs. Like you're going to have to put so much pressure on the team that surrounds him. Things are going to have to go perfect. You're going to have to call a really good game. You're going to have to really call his strong suits. You know, obviously uh, middle of the field, uh, first read type of things, RPO. Like if someone has a game plan against you, if they're going two man and, and they have a shell around, you know, Tyreek Hill, you got guys jamming them up like, you know, Ladarius Sneed, who, who did an amazing job. Um, like it, it's, it makes things more difficult and, and to it, I don't think just has what it takes as far as being able to function consistently outside of structure. Um, I know he came in uh, with a little bit more weight, a little bit more muscle, you know, so I think that took away from his game in that regard. Uh, but I just don't think he has the arm talent be to, to really elevate people. I don't think he can play with, out of structure to really elevate people. Um, his progressions have kind of suffered in a way being able to work off that number one read because, you know, they, they, the offense functions are a lot of RPOs, a lot of anticipation type of throws too. So like, I don't think he kind of, kind of, he kind of gets stuck on Tyree kill a lot of the time. And he, and he doesn't attack the outside, uh, outside the numbers very often either. So it's just like, he has a lot of good strengths. He can throw with anticipation. He's very accurate. Uh, but as far as these other traits that you really need out of a quarterback to really elevate the others around you, I just don't think Tua has it. Um, you know, so I think I listened to a podcast today, and I think it was Bill Simmons or something, or it was someone, and and I think it was actually Benjamin Solak and uh, another dude. I, I love their extra point yeah. taking, Ben Solak and, and Shio Kapadia or something like that. There, there, is, there it is. And they were talking great show. about – They were talking about years ago where it was pretty difficult to um, – extend a quarterback and get rid of them after that. So like if you if you extend the quarterback, if you pay the quarterback, you were stuck with them and you were in cap hell after that, right? Uh but we've seen it here recently. two curses out of Khalil even <laughs> chat. We've, we've seen it recently where um you know teams are able to get out of that. Teams are able to maneuver around that. You know, so you know you have a guy right now that you can win with. So maybe you extend him and then see what you can do there. Uh, but I even still think that's risky and that's still kind of restricting flexibility at that point. Uh, I think both situations have pros and cons, but I don't think they're, I don't think they're a Super Bowl team with two at the helm. Like it has to be perfect surroundings and that is very hard to do. Um, you know, that team has its own flaws itself. I don't think they're physical enough. I think Mike McDonald is still developing as a play caller, uh, kind of learning the flow of the game, game management type of stuff. Um, you know, and, and of course, I, I talked about context injuries hold them back too. Um, but I still think that team has ways to go, and they can only go so far with Tua at the helm if they can't get everything else together. Yeah, I think uh, so. Tua's contract situation they picked up his fifth year option last year, he's on the books for 2024, but he has no guaranteed contract beyond next season, right? So, like, there's a decent chance that this offseason he says, like, Hey, I want an extension because if God forbid I go out and get hurt next year. I'm pretty fucked <laughs> if I don't have any guaranteed money beyond this year. And I, he doesn't have the greatest injury history. Um, he was a part of that 2020 draft class. It was Joe Burrow, Jalen Hurts, Justin Herbert, Jordan Love, and like Jake Fromm, you know. So, but like the um three of those guys have massive deals. Uh, the other is definitely playing himself into one. Uh, Burrow's the highest paid player in NFL history. And so, of course, also the highest paid player in the NFL currently. Um, Herbert and Hertz make the second and fourth most money per year. Um, when you look at Tua, uh, like I said, you know, he probably wants an extension. Burrow makes 55 mil a year. Herbert makes 52 and a half. Hertz makes 51. 
Uh, he's obviously not to that level. So like, I don't think he can even come to the table and be like, Hey, I want Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, Jalen hurts money. I think he does not have the leverage to do that. Tyler makes 46.1. Deshaun makes 46 insane that Kyler was like, no, 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 no. I'm making 0.1 more than Deshaun Watson does. Um, but that's how much they make. Obviously Deshaun's is fully guaranteed, which is that shit insane. He's fully guaranteed 230 mil no matter what. So, you know, the Browns are a poverty franchise and they will continue to be because of that. Um, I don't even think Tua can. I think this is kind of where Tua can slide in and be like, hey, that guy doesn't even really play football anymore. And he's making 46 mil. The other guy was injured for half the year and the Cardinals stink. And he's making 46.1. You go down to the other tier, Daniel Jones, Dak, and Matt Stafford all make $40 million. I think if there's anywhere you slot Tua in, it's probably there. Uh, maybe you can get away with, like, Kirk Cousins makes 35 Jared Goff makes 33 So anywhere between, like, 33 and 46 which is a wide range. But I think that's probably where Tua slots in that he's going to ask for. I do think he has some kind of leverage when he comes to the table. Uh, he led the NFL in passing this year, fourth highest completion percentage, six most passing TDs since 2022. He has the fifth most like and like like that's missing a couple games last year. He still has the fifth most passing touchdowns over the last two years. Uh, the Dolphins also look like a different team without him. Um, since Mike McDaniel took over, they are one in four without Tua. That one win was an 11 six W over the Jets with Joe Flacco when they had 187 total yards of offense. So even then, it's not the craziest resume. Granted, with Tua, they're only uh they're only 19 and 12, right? Like they're but I just want to make it clear that like they're the Mike McDaniel stuff, as great of an offensive mind as he is, does not work the same without Tua. In those games without him, they've scored 17, 16, 21, 11, and 31. And that 31 was in that playoff game against the bills when skylar thompson was going fucking band for band with josh allen which was crazy um like i said they're 19 and 12 since he took over they do struggle to be good teams but like it's not the question that this Tua like Tua makes the offense go just as much as anyone else you could let him walk maybe you let him hit the open market he'll be 26 years old a qb that's worked with one of the best offensive minds in football for what three years by the time he becomes a free agent and of course, he has flaws, he, but he's a solid option. Like some team is going to pay him. So I think for the Dolphins, like, yeah, the ceiling probably isn't that high. But like, I think you figured out this year what the floor probably is. Like you continue to beat bad teams. You end up going instead of one and five next year, you go, what? what is that? Six games. You end up going three and three, four and two against good teams. And that's a different team. Like, that's progress right there. And so, like, I think they probably should extend him. I'd be on the, the side of extending Tua because when you look at the quarterback options out there, maybe you try and go get a guy like Jacoby Brissett. Maybe you try and go get a Ryan Tannehill. But, like, maybe you see what Jameis is doing. But, like, I just don't. Maybe the Seahawks get rid of Geno and you can go pick up Geno. But, like, I just don't think that any of those options are better than what you can have with Tua, especially if you're not paying him. Joe Burrow, Jalen Hurts, Justin Herbert money. Like, if you could get him to take 38, 
when Daniel Jones, Danny Dimes, <laughs> is making 40, I like that. Even if you're He's, paying two of 43, I'm cool with that. And like you said, like 38. Danny's making 40. Tyler's making 46. So I, if Tua comes and says, yo, I want 48 million a year, I would say, okay, cool. I'm okay with that. And we could, and obviously it's not going to be all guaranteed, buddy. So, like, sure, <laughs> we'll, we'll give you 48 million a year. Maybe, what is that? Well, like four years, 48 million a year. I'm not good at math. What's 48 times four? That is 192 million. Maybe we make. 110 guaranteed something like that you know like cool i'm okay with that and then you can find a way to move it later but as for like what they do the dolphins moving forward i think they probably have to extend to it if not this year if not this offseason so maybe sometime next year i don't know i think that he probably ends up getting an extension because like his injury history isn't one that he'd want to play he gets one more concussion it's over so like yeah. you 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 probably want to get extended this year um and yeah, I I don't know what else they can really do other than you know get healthy. Uh, I think they wanted to let Christian Wilkins walk because like whatever he had a great season, uh, uh, and they decided they said like yeah he's earned the right to be a free agent. That's <laughs> whatever wild, that means. That's so, crazy. Whatever, whatever That's that means. Crazy. <laughs> go for it. Uh, you get a full season. Hopefully, a Jalen Ramsey, um, Xavier Howard back there. Get Bradley Chubb healthy again. You get your linebackers healthy. Jerome Baker. Uh, and you go at it again. I think that's their only chance. Like the Bills aren't going anywhere. The Patriots are probably not going to be good next year, regardless if they get Caleb Williams, Drake May, whatever. They're probably still not going to be that good. And the other team in that division is the Jets. They might be good next year. You know, like you, there's a very good possibility you might have three 10 plus win teams in the AFC East next year. So, like, you have to kind of, you got to tread water, at least keep up. You got to try and keep up. And, Jacoby Brissett, Ryan Tannehill, whatever, whoever it is, is not letting you do that. So I'm <laughs> going to go ahead and say that uh, they decide to extend Tua. And I think we we like kind of disagree, but kind of agree that like he's not great. I'll say that I I, I will cop the I would take the L and say that my MVP take was crazy. Yeah, but I think we we both agree was. that like it was it was <laughs> that like they should try and pay. I don't know. I, I think they should try and pay him, and then if things don't work out, you can move him. I think you're more so like, don't pay him. And if the last case scenario is pay him, go for it. Um, yeah, like exhaust yeah. all other options. Okay, <laughs> like like if you got to trade up in a draft, I'm, I'm, it's uh-huh. crazy. I know it's hard uh, in roster construction. Super important contracts. Uh, like if you can exhaust all other options as far as going to get a, a QB, do that. Otherwise. You know, you you gotta you, you gotta keep your team afloat, and if he's the best option there, uh, with you know, given the you know how the NFL is and, and the other QBs, and you gotta do what you gotta do, and hopefully you can make the contract work to where if you need to get out of it, and you can bring someone else in, you can. But otherwise, exhaust other options. That's how I see it. And there we have it. Uh, speaking of 2020 quarterbacks, let's talk about another one. One that is probably going to get the bag <laughs> going to the Packers Cowboys game. Uh, the Packers end up winning 48 to 32, and it ended up being way closer than it actually was. If you watch the game, uh, Cowboys made a couple late game runs when the Packers had their backups in. Um, but Jordan Love looked pretty much unstoppable. Uh, he looked like a legit superstar. I believe he was also 16 for 21 with three touchdowns. Uh, 
everyone always talks about, you know, like the draft the QB, let him sit, sit behind a guy for a couple of years. They talk about Mahomes, Alex Smith. I think this might be the new example. Like, obviously the Packers did it with Favre Rodgers. Uh, they've now did it with Rodgers Love. Uh, that's a cr- If he ends up being like a legitimate top 10 quarterback for the next six, seven, eight years, decade, whatever, that's a crazy run of quarterbacks. Yeah. <laughs> that's a crazy run of 30 years of having an insane guy at QB. Uh, is he Aaron Rodgers? No, right? Like, I don't think anyone is. Looks but like, like you, when you watch him, it looks like, like there's certain manner, like mannerisms, like the looseness of his arm, the way he drops back, the way he slings the ball, the play action fakes, the handoffs, all of it is like Rodgers-esque. And like, he's watched so much film of and with Aaron Rodgers, you know, like he's been in practice. He's broken down technique. He's broken down defenses. Like it's all coming to fruition now in the biggest moments. And I think the Packers got, they hit like that's a home run. You drafted him back in 2020. Aaron Rodgers was pissed. You let him sit behind him for two years. Aaron Rodgers becomes a madman. You pack him up to the Jets (laughs) and you still have a top 12, top 10, maybe top five quarterback. Like that's all you could ask for when when it comes to the Packers situation. And honestly, like if I'm Zach Wilson, I'm not showing the Jets none of my film this season. I'm showing them this game. I'm going into the front office of the New York Jets as Zach Wilson and being like, yo, watch this Jordan Love game because he got to sit behind that guy for two years and look what he became. This is what I can become (laughs) if you let me sit behind him for two years and don't throw me into the fire with no receivers and Alan Lazard, you know, like maybe if you just let me rock for two years, I could become this. Oh, but yeah. That 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 was my takeaway from Packers Cowboys, bro. How'd you feel about it? Yeah, they talked about trading Zach Wilson after the season, by the way. If I'm Zach Wilson, I'm showing them this game. It, Yo, like I, look at Cowboys uh, Packers. That's gonna be me. I think it's a legit option. And if, if you can if you actually think about it and look at this Jordan Love situation, but we're not we're not gonna get on Zach Wilson. <laughs> that was one of my more That's your guy. takes. Yeah. Um <laughs> I got, I mean, I got a few notes on these, on this uh, Packers Cowboys game, of course, but, you know, just a few takeaways from it. Jordan Love, he is special. Uh, a lot of it looks like Rodgers. He's not Aaron Rodgers, but a lot of it just looks like Aaron Rodgers. Like you sit, you, you talked about it, you sit and behind a guy and you watch everything he does and you learn from him, and you soak everything in. And huge credit to both of them, Rodgers being willing to, and then Love also just being willing to actually, you know, do that type of mentorship type of thing. Uh, you know, that's that's just amazing. And that's like the perfect situation, a uh, situation you don't always get to see. Uh, Packers protection was great. Uh, Love is amazing at buying time and letting things just develop. Um, so sometimes it, it seems like he's playing out of structure, but it's actually still structure within there. Uh, you know, there's uh, the floor was incredible pretty much all season. Uh, he, he's actually, I mean, he's been a really good coach ever since he's been there. Uh, he, he hasn't gotten enough credit, I feel like, for it. Hasn't gotten enough, you know, coach of the year uh, recognition for it in any year that he's been successful in. You know, so he deserves more recognition there. But uh, Jordan Love is really good with just being able to buy time uh, and let things develop. You know, they had so many answers for that Cowboys defense that just got exposed time and time after again. Uh, but Jordan Love is, you know, great at, you know, uh, the off-platform throws. He, he, he's great with the, the weird arm angles. You talked about having a loose arm, uh, but even within that structure, 
when things need to just be a quick pass out of there. He's great. He's decisive. Uh, and he's just a maniac out of that structure when things need to, uh, he needs to make a play with his legs anytime that way. Um, what else happened? Aaron Jones, a uh, game changer for that offense, being able to get get it done in the in the pass game, be able to get it done in the run game and pass pro. So many times, if you look at that film, you know, Micah Parsons is getting through the, the right tackle, getting through the guard uh, pretty quickly. There's Aaron Jones stepping up in the pocket. Perfect. Uh, picking Micah, Micah Parsons up like with ease. Almost. It seems like he's what, five, eight, five, nine. And yeah. he's he's he, he's a monster in pass pro. Uh, so huge for that offense. Uh, they did a great job with his usage this season and getting him back healthy. Uh, and that you know has helped them out so far, uh, you know, using chips, using the protection. And then what else do we have? Packers have so many, you know, young weapons to work with, uh, using a lot of motion. LaFord does a great job there, too. Um, and, and it's really having a consistent game plan having answers and really being able to expose the defense. And then you got a, a guy who's possibly going to be a top five, top 10 quarterback, you know, in this league, you know, really showing off his talent and putting everything together. Packers somehow did it again. I don't know how, but they're back in this spot and, uh, you know, going up against a 49ers team here pretty soon and maybe coming up with an upset. Who knows? Um, we did the, we we did the experiment the the what am I trying to think of the, uh, the word the I guess experiment is a good word we did it with uh, C J Stroud earlier exercise is the word I was trying to yeah. think of we did the exercise with C J Stroud earlier uh, so let's do it with Jordan Love I'm gonna ask you uh, a list of quarterbacks most of them will be similar and you tell me if they will if you would take Jordan Love or this person at quarterback for your average football team. So, number one, Dak Prescott. Taking Jordan Love. Okay. Yeah. Number two, Josh Allen. Josh Allen. Matt Stafford. Love. Okay. Jalen Hurts. Dang, it's disrespectful to Stafford. Um, Stafford's really freaking good, man. He's really good. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Let me go back real quick. Uh, Stafford is really freaking good. I'll go love slightly, <laughs> just just barely. I, I know I'm crazy. It's fine. I don't care. Um, look, Jordan Love just barely. Stafford was amazing this weekend, and he's been really good when healthy this season. Huge for that Rams team. Uh, Jordan Love over Hurts. Okay. Uh, Joe Burrow. Burrow. Trevor Lawrence. Love. Justin Herbert. Uh, love. Okay. <laughs> Justin Fields. Uh, love, yeah, that's easy. So for you, J Jordan Love and CJ Stroud are both like top eight, top seven, yeah. top eight quarterbacks in the NFL? Yeah, so right now I just think the way they've ended the season, CJ Stroud's been pretty much most of the season. Jordan Love has had some hiccups, um, you know, midseason, but it's really starting to click uh, for the second half coming into the playoffs. Uh, again, they can – make any throw that they need to and, and they can do so much and they elevate others around them. Like right now we, we got a Packers team who has a stupid young core, like receiving, like receiving group, or just like group in general. Of course, they're great in pass protection. They're really a really good offensive line, a great play caller, a uh, head coach who like puts them in really good positions, you know, but the receiving core tight ends group, they are young. 
um, and very inexperienced. You can look at the Texans team, and we all had you know certain expectations for that team. Uh, you know, no one was super high on Nico Collins. Of course, some people like Tank Dell. We didn't see Tank Dell looking like this at that point. Uh, you know, Damian Pierce lost his job to Devin Singletary, who got kicked out of Buffalo by, uh, basically at that point too. Like, of course, you know, they're put in really good situations with their coaching staff, you know, but being the quarterbacks that they are, they're really elevating the people around them, putting their teams in good situations. And you can just see week in and week out, like the coaching staff really trusting uh, each of those quarterbacks uh, to, you know, handle the playbook, handle the offense and really manage things and have the freedom to make plays uh, you know, and that, I think that I think that's special out of a first year starter and, and a rookie quarterback in CJ Stroud. Um, you know, so when it comes to guys like a Herbert, like there's just a little bit more we need to see when it comes to, you know, being able to elevate guys around you, overcome some circumstances. Now, of course, Brandon Staley was rough and, and that whole tenure there, uh, defense never being able to to really turn things around, injuries on the offensive end, whatever it was, or, you know, even just having older pieces around you. Uh, Herbert never really being able to overcome some of those circumstances uh, and put more on his shoulders, maybe play a little bit more out of structure, take some more chances uh, that way. And then if you look at, you know, guys like Trevor Lawrence still needed to, you know, work out a few things himself, uh, has some injuries here at the second half, uh, you know, but still, still coming along and still trying to develop himself uh, after, you know, people thought he was going to have a really big year this year. You know, so when it comes to guys like that, like I, I feel like we've, of course, they're early in their careers, but I feel like we've seen enough from a CJ Stroud and a Jordan Love to really feel a little bit more comfortable about pushing them towards that top 10. Of course, not putting them over guys like a Joe Burrow, Josh Allen, Patrick McCombs. Um, but I didn't even you know, ask Patty. There's no need to say No need to say his name. <laughs> and then, and it's, Still trying to put respect on the math Stafford and, and his name and what he's done in the league. But, you know, if I'm just going to you know pick these guys and have an average team, like this is what I want to roll with. I want to roll with that youth, guys who are going to take chances um, and guys who, are, who can elevate those around them, even at their young stature. One more Jared Goff. <laughs> love. I'm going to take Love and Stroud over, over Jared Goff. Yeah, I figured. Um yeah, I totally agree. There's not a single one that I disagree with you. Um, I think Jordan Love is really good, and I think he's going to continue to be really good. I wasn't always a Jordan Love believer. Uh, he really made me one over the second half of the season, and now I'm totally locked in after that Cowboys game. Um, I did want to talk about the Cowboys, though, and like where they go from here. I, re- I was looking at, like, I usually can like give you something. I don't know what they're going to do. Like, they're, it's coming out that they're not firing Mike McCarthy. Uh, and, like, to be completely honest, I don't, even know if, I don't even know if they should. Like, I don't know why they can't get the job done. Like, their last conference championship was 1996. I was negative two years old. Huh. Uh, they have the second most regular season wins in the NFL since 2021, which is one behind the Kansas City Chiefs. They have 36. The Chiefs have 37. The Chiefs have been to two Super Bowls in that time. The Cowboys haven't even been to a conference championship. Uh, when you look at, like, their team as it's constructed, like, Mike McCarthy isn't a bad coach. Like, he's one of the better – he's an offensive guy. They scored the most points per game in the NFL this season. Prolific offense. They allowed the ninth least. Top 10 defense. Number one offense in the NFL. That should equal more than a wild card round appearance. Like, Dak's a top 10 QB. 
MVP season. Their offensive line was a top six ranked unit in the NFL. CD Lamb really like stamped himself as one of the five best receivers in the NFL, really stamped himself as a wide receiver one. Brandon Cooks, competent wide receiver two this season. Jake Ferguson, eighth the most receiving yards amongst tight ends, tied for third most touchdowns. Like Tony Pollard didn't have a great year. He was one of only 12 running backs to rush for a thousand yards though. And Rico Dowdle's one of the best running back twos in the league. Like their, their offense has a lot of pieces. Like you look at that team on paper on the offensive end, they should be better than they are on the defensive end. They've got maybe the best defensive player in all of football. On the other side, they got Demarcus Lawrence, Trayvon Diggs went down. Deron Bland was first team all pro defensive back. <laughs> like that, And they got good production out of Stefan Gilmore. Like, when you look at the pieces this team has, like, I don't know why they're not good. Like, I really can't tell you why. I I cannot pinpoint it for whatever reason. When the lights get the brightest, the Cowboys do not know how to play football. And it's not even a coaching thing. Jason Garrett was their coach. They know how to play. Mike McCarthy's their coach. They don't know how to play. I don't know what it is. The offense is great. The defense is great. This team should be better than a wild card exit. I had a few notes from the the Packers game about the Cowboys um, that I feel like kind of sums up their season as far as what this team is and what they struggle in. First note, uh, they cannot run the ball for crap. It was actually <laughs> like there's a poop emoji on there. Uh, that was it was supposed to be another cuss word. They, I'm just gonna say it. They can't run the ball for shit. Like they just yeah. can't. <laughs> That's <laughs> three. That's three. <laughs> like they just can't. Um, and and it's going to put a lot of pressure on your offense, obviously. I mean, you can't run the ball and, and get out tough yards and, uh, you know, make explosive plays happen in a run game. You're not putting pressure on a defense. And you're making things harder on your QB. You're making things harder on your receivers. You're making things harder on your offensive line at that point. Um, and you're really strapping yourself as far as play calling goes and what you can do and what a defense is going to be looking for, um, you know, when you can't run the ball. Uh, another one I have is Cowboys are just too small up front. Um, you know, Packers have their way pretty much everywhere, uh, especially if you just, you know, look at the box score. You know, they, they uh, the Cowboys got pushed out every single time. Like Aaron Jones, uh, you know, could go anywhere with it. Cowboys got pushed out every single time. Linebackers are small. They aren't good enough either, uh, you know, to make plays in the run game, filling those gaps. So if your defensive line is being pushed out, and then the offensive line is being able to get up to the second level with ease, and they're pushing out your small linebackers. Guess what? Aaron Jones comes out with three touchdowns on the day in a playoff <laughs> game. That's basically what happens. It goes for over 100 yards. And even if you look at his history, I should have taken a picture of it. There was like his five, like his last five games against the Cowboys, he's gone over 100 yards in each of those games. Like, you go into this game, you know it's going to be one of those Aaron Jones games where he just has his way. You know, so the Cowboys are just too small up front, uh, not physical enough. I think Micah Parsons was really good in the run game for him. He's consistent. Anytime they run Micah Parsons' way, like, the the, the run didn't go anywhere. He stopped it. He he did a great job, um, you know, containing the edge, setting the edge. Uh, but they did a really good job also neutralizing him in the pass game. I talked about it with the chips, with tight ends. Using Aaron Jones, he did a great job stepping up in pass pro. Um, Green Bay has a really good uh, offensive line that way, too. So if Micah Parsons isn't getting home 
on offense, and then your deep the rest of your defensive line is being pushed out uh, in the run game. Like it's just not it's not clicking, uh, especially on the defensive end. I said that uh, the Cowboys' offense is kind of meh. Of course, they had an amazing season. Dak had his best season. Mike McCarthy called a pretty good season, I think, on the offensive end. Uh, but also, if you're running into teams where, um, you know, they're really good, I think they can kind of match up with you on the defensive end. They can stop the run, and they also have some game plan specific type of things. I think it it can be an easy offense to kind of expose that way and kind of telegraph that way. You know, uh, those two Dak picks hurt uh, a lot, and I think they're mostly his fault on both picks. Uh, one being a pick six. Uh, Jair made a great play uh, on the first one, of course, too. I just think that the Cowboys have, you know, these really consistent problems where they're too small up front. Uh, this year not being able to run the ball and just game management from Mike McCarthy has always been an issue if you look at it too. Uh, being too simple on, on the defensive end when you look at Dan Quinn, who you don't want as a head coach for a reason. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't want him for a reason. And he's too... And he's gotten better, I think, but he's too reliant on the talent and the skill, uh, the talent of players instead of kind of being able to um, cater his system to, you know, the type of players he has and being able to adjust type of things. It's too, sometimes it's just way too simple, way too bland. And and that's really easy to expose. And you see that when you have a quarterback like, like Jordan Love, who can buy time and let things develop. And, you know, the pass rushes and getting there, then everything in the back end is just open and exposed and he can make any throw off his back foot or any type of angle that defense is going to get exposed. And we saw that uh, with the Packers team, what they put up 48 points, right? Like it's just. Uh, yeah, 48 points in a playoff game, man. Like that's yeah. <laughs> that's tough. And they like, took the starters out for a little. Yeah. Like they could have 50 bombed them for real. Like, yeah, Dan Quinn was he he still got interviews, but like he was getting considered yeah, for right, a head coach's yeah, spot. Like, okay, I don't know about after that. Like it's hard, <laughs> it's hard to bring in a guy after yeah. he gets lets up 48 points to a, a young team in a first year starter in a in a in a playoff game where you're like one of the top seeds and then you know, you have high expectations. So, you know, I think the Cowboys just have some issues. Um, and I think I think a restart at, at head coach would be nice. Maybe some changes at, in the coordinator position. But I wanted Bill Belichick as a Cowboys coach. I thought that was just perfect. I talked myself into it. I, you know, pictured a world where Micah Parsons was going to be coached up by Bill Belichick. And that was just going to be a match made in heaven. They were going to get a, a switch up. And as far as scheme, Bill Belichick running that hybrid scheme, being able to go three, four, four, three, have some size on defense. Finally, you know, put Micah Parsons all over the field and whether he wants to stand up or he wants to put his hand on the ground. Like you have so much flexibility when you can switch up your fronts uh, and switch up your defense like a Bill Belichick does. And as long as he got in the right coaches as far as like special teams, uh, offensive coordinators, especially offensive coordinators, I think a Bill Belichick hiring would have been just perfect. And then, you know, you don't have him for a long time. You're going to have him for a few years, uh, but you have a guy who can reset the culture uh, and, and really bring in some structure uh, to a team that really needs it. And who is, who has seemingly set the standard for game management, which you've also struggled in for the past decade or so. Um, so I just I just think they're kind of missing out on um, their ceiling, especially with what they've uh, shown on the offensive end. And you talked about the pieces they have on the defensive end. I don't think Mike McCarthy is a ceiling raiser. I don't think he's an elevator. You know, he can really get guys uh, in the right direction. 
But as far as taking you to another Super Bowl, I don't think he has that in his bag right now. And then Dan Quinn being too simple on the defensive end, I just think they're heading for another season like we just saw this year, basically. Mm. Damn, that, that's a I don't I, yeah, like you said, I think the, I don't know what the Cowboys do to get better this offseason, but I guess we'll see. Get healthy. I mean, get healthy. Yeah. I like maybe switch up. Tony Pollard probably won't be there, so they'll have some type of new running back. Maybe Rico Dottles, RB one. I don't know. They'll yeah, definitely get a new coordinator. Dan Quinn. Pro- maybe Dan Quinn stays because he feels like maybe the Cowboys' job is his. If they have another season that's trash and McCarthy gets canned after next year, I don't know. But um, and they, definitely- and they tried to they tried to draft size. Like I think they brought in a Mozzie Smith, if I'm not mistaken. And I I saw some stuff on Twitter where he like. They had him lose weight and, and switch up uh, the front he was playing in. So, like, at that point, like, you brought in a guy to be, like, a, a stuffer, a run stuffer, and then you made him lose weight. And yeah, just, yeah. Like, I, like I, don't, I just don't know. So, it's uh-huh. just it's just weird. It's just weird. Yeah. That's 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 our thoughts on the Cowboys, bro. Hopefully they do something. Make, make the offseason fun. The, the, the NFL is fun when the Cowboys flame out. So, I hope they make the playoffs again next year and do the same thing. Um Moving on to Rams Lions. Uh the Rams ended up winning 24-23. I mean, yeah, the Rams ended up winning 24-23. No, the Lions ended. What am I saying? The Lions ended up winning 24-23. Uh, I took the, the the Rams to win. Uh it was very possible they could have. Maybe they should have, you know, you know, the Puka Nakua fourth down PI. Who knows? You know, maybe the Rams has somebody <laughs> on the game. <laughs> but um the, the Lions are a great football team, man. Uh I do think McVay probably could have done, done done a better job game managing. I think that like the 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 two timeouts in the second half was that they had to burn earlier in like early in the second half really came back to bite them. That was brutal. I think the like the Rams offense does a lot of like pre snap motion. And so, like, that is their strength because I think a lot of teams do a lot of pre-step motion, but, like, McVay has done that for a very long time. And I think that's where they thrive, right? But, like, that, it, like, a lot of those motions and a lot of those things that Stafford is checking to is based on his ability to read a defense, right? And so, like, that takes time. Like, they don't come up to the line and snap the ball with 20 seconds left on the play clock. Like, when you look at the Rams play, a lot of the time they're snapping the ball with two, three, one second left on the play clock because Stafford has to read the defense, see the look, and then adjust the offense, tell Cooper Cup to go this way, actually pull back Kyron Williams, you're going to come block. Now, actually, you're going to go out on and be and be a receiver now. Like, all of that has to happen within the, the, the time that the play clock allows. So, like when all that's not shaking and like teams are doing, the Lions are doing a lot to like mix up his vision and give him different looks and make stuff difficult him at, like when difficult for him, when he comes out for the play, like that's why a lot of those times they have to call timeout or take the delay a game. Like I probably would have just taken the delay a game rather than use the timeouts in a game where you're losing in the second half. Also going into the second half at the end of the first and having three timeouts and kneeling it out with a minute left, it's kind of crazy <laughs> when you're down, at least try and get a field goal. You know, you had timeouts, Matt Stafford is, as long as he doesn't throw a turnover, you know, you're fine, but whatever. I just think that the Rams probably could have done a better job game managing, but the Lions are a great team. Like I said, and they deserve the win. I think their first playoff win since like, I think it was like 1992 or, or something crazy like that. So it, it was a good game for them. 
Uh, obviously, the Matt Stafford revenge game didn't work, but it was good to see Jared Goff get his revenge on uh, the Rams and Sean McVay. Uh, and so, yeah, what would you think of the game, bro? Yeah, going to your point about uh, the game management and the wasting away of timeouts, like that's that's a hard environment to play in. Like, there's a few like places I want I would love to like go to and just like watch football, be a part of the atmosphere, being part of the environment. Like that's like that's Minnesota. I want to go to a Vikings game one day. I would love to go to uh, a Detroit Lions game one day. Like those are just like a, a few you know fan bases. I'd love to be like just around and see what it's like. Yeah, I want to go like to a maybe, Bills game. I want to see them boys yeah, jump through Bills, the like, table. Bills, yeah, like Bills Mafia. Like, let's go. Like, I I want to watch stuff like that and be a part of it and see like what, what those fans fan bases are like. But like Detroit, like that's a hard environment to uh to be in. So like sometimes you just got to make it easier. Uh, you got to make it easier on your guys. You got to put them in good situations. Uh, you got to know the situations, know the game, know the flow of the game, and, and what's going on. So of course, like he's trying to get plays in, he's trying to make adjustments, he's trying to be at the line and do do what you have to do that way. But sometimes you gotta you gotta find a, a better way to you know make it easier on them. Uh, and even if you have to take a delayed game in a game, or sometimes that, you just gotta trust the trust your guys, trust the yeah. play. Like the look might not be what you want it to be on the defensive end, but like Puka Nakua went from one forty eight. Like you gotta trust you got Cooper oh, Cup who's yeah, he had almost like, two hundred yards. Or receiving like, yeah, it's like, 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 like you got to trust it sometimes like you're not always going to get the perfect defensive look like so if if it's between taking a timeout delay a game and just snapping the fucking ball and see what happens <laughs> snap the ball like yeah it, it's and so it's tough um and again like you said it's a very close game i think they may have been in that moment a little bit too confident uh in who they were in a sense like of course they're a really good team they they what are they were like seven and one in their last eight games, six and one in their last seven games, something like that. The only team they lost to was to the Baltimore Ravens in the overtime, basically. So like like that. Who going for one eighty one? By the way, I said one forty eight. Yeah, I sold yeah. bro short. <laughs> <laughs> so like that, but that's in a very impressive stretch. They've been playing playoff football for like the past eight weeks of 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 the NFL. So like you know, of course, like they need to be confident in who they are. You know, but they don't they don't need to take a team like the Lions for like for granted. They don't need to do that. Like, like just give yourself a chance. You're a very talented team and try to make it easier on your guys. But I think it was the best game of the weekend. Um, Matthew Stafford was phenomenal. Uh, Jared Goff was was good. Um, you know, that was kind of one of my worries going into the game, not thinking he could perform well in that situation against going, especially going up against a Matthew Stafford. Um, McVay have an upper hand in that situation it felt like um, you know but the Lions showed up coach Campbell Dan Campbell is freaking phenomenal um, you know Ben Johnson's probably on his way out of there and uh, coach Aaron Glenn is probably getting some looks himself too uh, you know I'm I'm feeling really good about the Lions uh, going forward well, we'll see what that looks like but again like one of the best games the best game of the weekend for sure we did the exercise with CJ Stroud. We did the exercise with Jordan Love. I'm now going to ask you the same thing. Puka Nakua. Obviously, he's not your quarterback. He's your wide receiver one. You tell me you have an average offense, like you said, average quarterback, average running back, average line. This Would you rather have Puka Nakua as your wide receiver one or this these people I'm about to say? Uh, Devontae Adams. Adams. Okay. Jamar Chase. Chase. CD Lamb. Lamb. I'm gonna ask it just for jokes, but Justin Jefferson. <laughs> Jefferson. 
AJ Brown. AJ Brown. Amon Ross ain't Brown. Puka. Brandon Ayuk. Ayuk. Garrett Wilson. Wilson. Chris Olave. Puka. So the only ones you would take him over are who'd you say? You said uh, Olave. Olave and St. Brown. And Amara St. Brown. Devonta Smith. Devonta Smith. Ooh, I love Smith. Um, and we haven't really seen the size be a, a problem, even though I like don't like the size sometimes. But even then, he just had a he had a great weekend given the circumstances. Um I might I think I lean with Smith right now. Okay. DK Metcalf. Puka. DJ Moore. Puka. Stefan Diggs. Diggs. Drake London. I try to respect the old guys. It's tough sometimes mm-hmm. you know, with your Adams and your Diggs. I'm going to go Puka over London. Cooper Cup. <laughs> Speaking of, that ruined my fantasy season like none other, <laughs> by the way. I was waiting on uh, Cooper Cup to come back. I was like, I, I was talking crap too. Not to the guys all that I think much. the injury really did mess with him. Like, I, yeah. I think next year, if he play, I've heard people say he's going to retire. Like, I think next year he's going to be better. Uh, I don't think the gap between him and Puka is as big as it looked this season. Yeah. But, like, I, I think the injury him. really messed him up. Should I trade him? I should might. I, I might probably should trade him. trade him. I'm going to try and trade him, too. But I think he's going to be better next year. But that ruined, my, that ruined my season, though. Like, he came back. He had two good weeks, I think. And then just Puka turned up on him. Uh, I'll go Cooper, though, if he's healthy. Mike Evans. Oh, it's tough, man. Evans has had some. I'm a number one receiver. Mm-hmm. I am gonna go with Evans for a note. And then lastly, Amari Cooper. I'm gonna go with Cooper for right now. Okay, so you're not as high on Puka as a lot of I, people are. No, I so. A receiver position is like hard, loaded. It's, a, it's, it's loaded. It's it's tough. Um, and then there's like when it go, when it comes to like the Ram situation, I feel like there needs to be some context. I think Puka has been fantastic. Obviously, pretty much everyone has been surprised by what Puka is doing. Uh, one of the best, well, the best uh, rookie seasons uh, stat wise, um, of course. And he has been you know special as far as a physical runner. Uh, you know, after the catch, um, he can go up and, and get tough uh, balls in the air. Like, he's been a very tough receiver. Um, the only problem I have sometimes is just, like, being able to separate uh, the system he's in, the quarterback he has, and also what this quarterback has done for other receivers, too. So I think this goes more just towards, like, the longevity, sustainability type of things. Um, and that doesn't apply for everyone. Like, you know, there's other guys that it's just different for. Um, but I think just need to see a little bit more going forward. Um, and if Mike Evans didn't have the season he just had, like I might, I just go Puka, but like still seeing a little bit out of those older guys, uh, in situations where they're still the number one, I think it's a little bit different. Um, you know, but I, I, I do like Puka a lot. It's just, 
that receiver position is tough, and a lot of it is circumstantial. Um, but I think we need to see a little bit more. Beautiful. Um, next up was Bill Steelers. I don't have a ton of takeaways from this game, to be honest. I said it was a cupcake matchup. You know, I was feeling good about that when it was 21-0 after Josh Allen ripped off a 52-yarder. Uh, it ended up being, what, 31-17. So the Steelers did go on a bit of a run. Mason Rudolph started to get a little bit comfortable. Uh, I do th- the Steelers started dealing with a lot of injuries. I think a couple of their linebackers got injured on the defensive end. Um, but I think this was like a I, I I don't I don't know a lot of people that were picking the Steelers. You didn't you didn't pick the Steelers. We both picked the Bills. Um, yeah, I think this was just like another one of those games where like these two teams aren't in the same league. Uh, Mike Tomlin at least is going to be coaching next season. He said he's coming yeah. back. Um, I think that the Bills kind of had a, a pretty diversified offense. You know, Josh, Josh Allen ran for seventy four. James Cook had eighteen carries, seventy nine yards. Dalton Kincaid led the team in receiving. Um, he had 59 yards and a touchdown. Dawson Knox also had a reception for a touchdown. Diggs, seven for 52. Uh, they were without Gabe Davis. Hopefully, he can, I don't know what the news on Gabe Davis's injury is. I, hopefully, he can come back versus the Chiefs. He didn't practice on Thursday, uh, but neither did Stefan Diggs. So, I don't know. Hopefully, he can play. He went for 200 receiving yards the last time they played the Chiefs in the playoffs. So, uh, hopefully, he can come back. But, uh, yeah. I, I don't have too many takeaways from this one. What about you? Uh, I watch every game. I didn't watch film for every game. Watch it for most of the games. This is one of the games I did not watch film for. Um, but, uh, you know, I said that this was not a cupcake matchup, and I lied. I was wrong in that sense. <laughs> I can admit that part of it. Uh, I think Steelers have a lot of tough decisions uh, going forward, uh, just making some adjustments. I love Mike Tomlin as a coach. I think he is amazing. Um, you know, obviously one of those coaches who is like leader of men, uh, one of the best motivators in football, can really galvanize the locker room, uh, get the best out of his guys. I just think, um, and, and there's a quote from uh, Najee Harris that kind of backed this up a little bit, but I was thinking even before that quote, like, man, like it feels like this team look, needs a little bit more structure. Uh, they need um, – that he needs to do a better job as far as being able to motivate his guys and put them in good situations. Um, obviously, being able to get the offensive side of things together, like that has been a struggle for as long as I can remember now um, at this point. I never liked it when they got Kenny Pickett in the first round. I thought that was a reach. Don't know what they were doing there. Um, and I was high on Kenny Pickett coming into this season, and now I feel like an idiot because of it. So and it's not proven to, to be a very good take, but I just think they have a lot to to fix. Uh, Tomlin has a lot to correct this way. I hope he does come back. I love Mike Tomlin. Uh, they just have a lot to figure out. Bills are rolling. They're a very tough team. Josh Allen is playing really good football and has been for a while now. Um, you know, people have gone back and forth on him for, for years at this point, but I, I still think he's an elite talent. He's playing elite football and he's a top two, three quarterback in NFL. And hey, it might, might be top one. Yeah, no, stop. Uh, but it, and it's going to it's gonna take a, a lot for me to, like, go the other way from that. Like, I think Josh Allen has done enough to be sustained in that top category for for a minute. So I, I don't – I think some of that hate is undeserved. And you look at box scores and see turnovers, and it just kind of gets overblown. But watch the games. It's a lot better than you think it is. Uh, you know, but the, the, the Bills have been tough and they're in a good situation here and we're going to get a really good game with the Bills and Chiefs coming up here soon. 
Cool. And then the last game of the weekend, we were both right on this one. Uh, Eagles Bucks, absolute sloshing. The Bucks won thirty two uh, to the Eagles in nine. Um, the Eagles, I said last week, I think this is a broken team, and they were, they are broken. Um, no team had won a playoff game after losing five of their last six since two thousand. They, they they did not break the trend. Trend is still going, moving strong. Um. I think for the Eagles, I think they probably need new coordinators. I don't think they're going to fire Nick Sirianni. He hasn't been made official yet, but um, I think his job's probably safe. Um, I think they need new coordinators. There's so much offensive talent in the NFL today. When you look at these top, top teams, like there's so many good offensive coordinators that you can try and poach. Uh, the, the thing about the thing about trying to poach an offensive coordinator from another team is that that team can block you from interviewing them, right? Like. NFL teams can't block you if the move is like a promotion, but they can block coaches if the move is lateral, right? So like if the Eagles want to go interview Frank Smith, I think his name is the Dolphins offensive coordinator, the Dolphins can say no. Like you can't have our offensive coordinator unless he's trying to be your head coach. <laughs> you know, like yeah. and, and so like that I think is going to be tough because you kind of have to get a little bit creative there. Um but Brian Johnson ain't it. Uh, I think Sean Desai and Matt Patricia, they got to go. <laughs> that They can't be your defensive coordinators coming into next year. Um, secondary needs work. Darius Slay and James Bradbury, I, I think they kind of got worn down over the, the, the course of the season. Uh, you need Keely Ringo and Eli Ricks, you know, little Georgia, Alabama boys. They were some like I remember them being like the top cornerbacks in their class, like respectively. Um, uh, and obviously, like I, I think their college seasons didn't pan out as well as people thought they would, and so they kind of dropped down boards a little bit. But I think they they need to seriously be developing them this offseason because I don't think they're being old at corner isn't something you can get away with for long. Um, especially with how much receiver talent you have in the league, young receiver talent you have in the league, like being old at like DB isn't something you can like live with for much longer. Um, I think Sirianni's safe. I think the Eagles cannot deal with the blitz, which is what team the 49ers said, like when they played the Eagles, like, Hey, we, we cracked the code. This is how you beat the Eagles. And I think they did like Hertz was second in success rate, 21st in EPA per drop back when he was blitzed. He was blitzed third most in the NFL this season. He does not like a money pocket. The Eagles offense lacks diversity. And like when you have a quarterback that is limited in some way, when you keep running the same looks and teams are seeing defenses are seeing these same looks, they're going to watch film and figure out, okay, we can pressure him. If they're, they, they come out in the same formation every damn time they run all spread. Like they run a spread formation 70% of the time. They're in shotgun 70% of the time on first down. Like that's the most in the NFL. Teams are going to be able to dial up pressure against that. Like there has to be more diversity. When you know your quarterback isn't great against the blitz, you got to do something different. Like, and the Eagles just lack offensive diversity. And so I think teams are able to take advantage of that. The Bucs have a pretty decent pass rush. Um, that's what the Giants did. That's what, you know, like that's what a lot of teams did at the back end of the season. And I think that was the blueprint for beating the Eagles. So Hertz has a lot of work to do this offseason. But I think the Eagles as a team also have a lot of work to do as an organization. So what would you take away from it, bro? One of the more surprising uh, things about the Eagles situation, this like kind of off season has been Brian Johnson is getting like, interviews, right? Yeah, he's getting interviews. Interviews. Yeah. That is so weird to me. Um, 
it's been weird to me. Even when we, I think I'm pretty sure the Titans did, or it was easy when the Titans did, or when I like first saw that they were interviewing him, I was like, that doesn't make any sense. They've struggled all season. I think we've all blamed the OCs, uh, the coordinators for that, for their, uh, those struggles. But here they are getting interviews, not Sean Desai or Matt Patricia, obviously, but uh, Brian Johnson in this case. And it was so confusing. I saw a tweet earlier, too. I think it might have been Elite Takes with Nico, maybe, um, but or someone. But they, they were saying maybe the thing around the NFL is people are starting to think it's Sirianni's fault instead of Brian Johnson's fault, which is just interesting to me. Like, I'm not sure. Um, and there's a lot about how when um, Sirianni was over the offense, they had some struggles, finally uh, relieved his play, play calling duties. Yeah, Sean, uh, Shane Sykin come in, start calling the offense. Things got a lot, a lot better. And then in this year, we have – uh, a Brian Johnson who's play calling and then things just start to fall off. And so where, where does Sirianni fit in there? Um, does, you know, did he not want more say in the play calling or more say in the offense? Uh, how, why wasn't he able to help out in that situation? Um, which is what happened. It, it was just really confusing. So that may be something, who knows? I don't think they should get rid of Sirianni kind of the same way you said. Um, I like him a lot. I think he's been a great hire for uh, the Eagles going to the Super Bowl. Um, you know, of course, this year hasn't been good. They start off 10 and 1, which is insane, and finished off what was it, 1 and 6 after that? Something um, like that, yeah. Yeah. So, reading off these, going to read off some quick stats uh, came from Chris Sims Unbutton, uh, watching that podcast. So, since their 10 and 1 start, they have. Been, they've had the 31st record in the NFL with being one and six, 31st in point, 31st in point margin. Uh, they've been 26 in uh, points per game, 31st in points allowed, 30th in yards allowed, and last in turnover margin. <laughs> so, like, since, they've just been a bad team since this, week 11, right? They've been a bad team, and it was a, if I'm being honest, uh, even being on the, like, Sirianni, like, needs to stay trained uh like that's a concerning collapse like concerning collapse like uh team wise stat wise concerning collapse losing the locker room like it looked like he did in a way uh you know not being able to motivate his guys get his guys out there and of course it's an older group in some ways and also a younger group in some areas uh you know but in the back end not being good being older linebackers not good even trying to bring in leonard not good um, he's not who he was uh, uh, when he was an indie uh, some years ago. And then also um, some younger guys on the D end, but also older guys, overrated pass rush. Uh, and then offense not being able to really put it together, uh, not being prepared. Talked about it earlier with Jalen Hurts, but just I think he was hurt for a lot of the season uh, and just never got healthy. Uh, I think he had some issues with his shoulder, issues with his knee, if I'm not mistaken. And I just think he just continued to linger. I don't think he ever got healthy. I don't think we we never really saw him um, being utilized in the QB runs uh, the way he could be, can be. Uh, we never really saw him scramble and make plays and extend plays to the same capacity that he always been has been able to and what has kind of made him elite, uh, an elite quarterback in NFL. So I feel like I feel like injuries were a huge part of that because the offense just got so mundane. It just got so um, 
what were you saying earlier? It it just got so. It, it was just repetitive. the same thing, you know. Yeah, repetitive. Just, yeah. Just for, yeah, it just got so repetitive. Like it's like a snap sh- shotgun, like you said, shotgun snap, get the ball out quick on an out route, curl route, uh, RPO screen. Uh, no QB runs. They can't run the ball for anything. I don't know what that was about, but they like to have the best offensive line in the NFL and not be able to run the ball is shocking. Probably because they run game. inside zone. That's the only yeah. thing they the, the run game lacks creativity. All yeah. they run is inside zone on a shotgun. Exactly. <laughs> like, so, yeah. So lacking creativity in the run game. Uh, no QB runs to help out your run game. Uh, no threat with the RPO. Uh, a serious threat with like Jalen being able to use his legs. I think I think a lot of that hampered their play calling. Um, and that it can be a reason why we saw so much uh, repetitive um plays and concepts and structures um not just like it being on Sirianni or Brian Johnson but like injuries did not help whatsoever uh say what you want about Swift I think he's a dynamic player but he does lack some as far as being able being uh, being a consistent runner and then we just saw more injuries out of that Eagles team um I'm not super concerned Uh, I think they've uh, Howie Roseman has made really good moves in the past and this roster does need some reconstruction, like serious reconstruction. Needing to they're get, not afraid to be aggressive. Like, yeah. like he's he's been aggressive. Exactly. You know. So you got you got um you you got the offensive line figured out for the most part. Um, maybe take some, maybe take a little chance on the running back situation. See what that looks like. Need to get Jalen Hurts healthy. Of course, you already got AJ Brown. You already got Goddard. You got Smith. Maybe get a third guy in there to really open it up a little bit more, just something consistent, um, especially, like, if you want to you know, just create some more threats on the offensive end and then just uh, getting the defense in order, getting younger, getting faster, getting a little bit more athletic, getting a little bit more aggressive. Because if you can't cover, then please, you better have a pass rush. If you don't have mm-hmm. a pass rush – you got to be able to cover. They don't have either of those. Yeah, and then yeah. in the second, uh, in the second level, their linebackers are not good. So like that, all three levels, that team was just inconsistent and just not good enough. Uh, so really needed to figure some stuff out on the defensive end. Um, you know, you bring in a Jalen Carter, you had a Jordan Davis, uh, you got in a Nolan, Nolan Smith. Smith yeah. yeah. So like play those guys more. And we saw Nolan Smith get some steps. Uh, you know, throughout the season, but like play your younger guys more and give them some chances and, and really, um, you know, give them a shot there that way too and, and bring in some new guys uh, just to help out a little bit more. But I'm not, I'm not completely concerned. I'm not out, not, I'm not out on Nick Sirianni, uh, but there does need to be some changes made because that collapse was just a little bit too concerning not to do anything about it. So they gotta, they gotta correct the ship or right the ship um, or else, there will be some more major changes made. Yeah. I'm I'm interested to see what they do at offensive line because obviously Jason Kelsey might retire. It's looking like he will retire. You know, like he's been a staple for their offensive line for what 13, 14 years, however long he's been in the league, something like that. Uh, and he's been the best center in the league for most of that time. So I'm curious what it'll look like. But yeah, the Eagles got some work to do this offseason. That wraps up our uh, last weekend recaps, an hour and 40 through, and we're just getting to this this, <laughs> this, this, this weekend's games. That's what I love about us, baby. Talk uh, to him, I'm sorry. <laughs> before, no, we've been we've been going. The, before we get into our picks, I did want to do one last thing, one last little exercise. Uh, there's eight <laughs> playoff teams remaining. Uh, I want us to rank the remaining playoff quarterbacks. So from eight to one, 
Uh, and yeah, let's d- discuss it for a little bit. I'll go first. I think my order from eight to one goes Jared Goff at eight, Baker Mayfield at seven, Brock Purdy at six, Jordan Love at five, CJ Stroud at four, Lamar Jackson at three, Patrick Mahomes. No, I'm playing. <laughs> Josh Allen at two, and Patrick Mahomes at one. Um, I, I I think I struggled a little bit with like six to eight. Brock Purdy's been really good, but also it was like that Ravens game was kind of a little bit of like exposure. So that kind of brought him down a little bit. Baker Mayfield, I love me some Baker Mayfield. So I was not putting him last no matter what. Uh, I think Jared Goff is a good little spot at eight. And then between CJ Stroud and Jordan Love, uh, I do think there's like tier gaps. Like I think there's Mahomes, Josh Allen, Lamar, gap, CJ Stroud, Jordan Love, gap, Purdy, Mayfield, golf. And so like that's kind of how I end up deciding them. And I think Stroud is better than Love. I think Josh Allen is better than Lamar. And I think Pat Mahomes is better than everyone here. So that is my eight to one remaining quarterback rankings. What about you? My eight to one uh, remaining quarterback rankings is eight. I have Jared Goff. Seven, I have Baker Mayfield. Six, I have Brock Purdy. Five, I have Jordan Love. Four, I have CJ Stroud. Three, I have Lamar Jackson. Two, I have no Josh way. Allen. And one, I have Patrick Mahomes. Let's go. I'm sorry. Uh, no, no, we didn't talk about this prior. <laughs> this is straight off the dome, both of us. I, f- I feel like this is typically a consensus. You might see Brock Purdy higher on I'm a little bit higher, list. yeah. Uh, you'll probably see. Baker Mayfield lower bottom yeah. of the list. Um, see, Love might have been lower on the list before this past week. It just depends yeah. on for other people. Um, but this probably would have been my my list even before this past week. Um, Jared Goff, I think, is has been a really good quarterback for the Lions. He's been consistent uh, for the most part. He has some struggles here uh, uh, this season. Uh, that was a little scary for Lions fans, I think. Um, but Ben Johnson has done a great job reviving his career putting him in um, comfortable situations, helping him get in rhythm, and then slowly but surely putting a little bit more on him as far as being in command of the offense and, and making um, a little bit more high-level throws uh, to put the offense over the top in certain situations. I think Baker Mayfield has had a great season, uh, also reviving his career. Uh, I think they they have a coach right now uh, that's coaching him, and he's getting some uh, some calls to be a head coach. I think it's Dave Canales. Dave Canales, yeah. yeah so, um, and he's, he's their OC. Had, yeah, and he has a really good track record, and uh, it's showing the uh, it's coming to life this season for Baker. Uh, so he's been in a really good situation. Uh, great uh, weapons are the offensive end, and he's really uh, you know put them in a tough spot to where they're gonna have to make a decision about moving on or maybe bringing them in. Uh, but they've been competitive, and that's all you can ask for uh, in this situation. Brock Purdy, I think, has shown a lot of high-level throws. Uh, of course, the surroundings are really close to perfect, if not perfect, for Brock Purdy. So it can be a, hard, a little bit harder uh, to evaluate uh, QBs in that situation. Uh, but I feel like he has had times where he has put a little bit more uh, responsibility on himself, uh, making some high-level throws over the middle, down the field, uh, being able to extend plays. And you have to be – an elite processor uh, to operate this offense at a high level. And that's what he's done. Uh, And he's been pretty consistent this season with that and uh, being huge for them even last season. So we'll see how that goes for the rest of the way. So I have him at six. We already talked about CJ Stroud and Jordan Love. Uh, I think they are operating at a crazy uh, MVP type of level just from what we've seen 
uh, for the past few weeks from them and C.J. Stroud for most of the season. Uh, so what love have we seen from them? Three, I think Lamar is an MVP for this season. He was my pick. 100%. Uh, me when too. We met to get, yeah, when we met together, he was not your pick when we met last time or the first yeah, time. No, he was it. my pick in the uh, – he was yeah. my pick at the beginning of the season when I did my preseason pick. Okay, he was okay, my okay. pick. I would just make that clear. Okay. <laughs> uh, but, so look, not your midseason, but okay, okay, okay. Uh, but Lamar has been amazing. Uh, he's always been one of the most talented throwers uh, in the game always has been he's an elite thrower of the football and has developed so much more as a passer being patient being able to uh go continue to go through his reads and make just some of the stupidest throws uh you know from the pocket from different angles extending plays uh being a real threat people have compared it to like maybe a more uh, Patrick Mahomes type of play style being able to extend plays but also still be a threat down the field uh, but he's taking this offense to a, a whole other level, especially with them being able to actually give him some more weapons. Uh, and the team all together has been really good. But Lamar has been pretty special, and they've done a really good job taking pressure off of his legs, which also uh, keeps him a little bit more healthier. And then uh, Josh Allen is an alien. Uh, that is very self-explanatory. He is insane, does not believe in sliding. It's just the craziest thing to me. Um, and his legs have just... What, just him being able to use his legs the way he has been and being threatened to run game is huge and then make any throw he can. And Mahomes uh, is special uh, around this time of the year. And Naj had a tweet that he has recently taken back where he said that Josh Allen was the number one quarterback. Um, but now he has Mahomes, the number one quarterback, the right, the right way, uh, the way to go. And as long as he's a quarterback of the Chiefs, and I don't feel – I it's hard for me to go against the Chiefs, even though I am going against the Chiefs for the first time. It feels like uh, in these playoffs, I have the Ravens. I'm just letting it go. I have the Ravens going to the Super Bowl. Uh, it's really hard to bet against Mahomes, no matter who is on that Chiefs team. So that's just to clear up my tweet, I was just <laughs> feeling the Josh Allen love. I'll be honest. I was watching it live. He ripped off a 52-yarder, and I was like, listen, there's no one doing quarterback in the NFL like him. We've never seen a quarterback. There's nobody playing the position like Josh Allen, and I was just feeling it. Is he the best quarterback in the league? No. But, hey, he's not far off. He's number two. Hey, he win this week. We might have a conversation. Oh. And so, yeah, let's dive into our uh, divisional round picks. We'll start with Texans-Ravens. For me, this one wasn't that hard. Uh, the Ravens have the best defense in the league. It's not a, a, a bullshit stat either like the Browns. They are the best defense in the league. They allow what? They allow 17.8 points at home at 15 on the road. This is a home game for them. Uh, they are a better defense on the road, which is kind of crazy, but still, they – give up what the, the least amount of total points in the NFL as a defense. Uh, I think the Texans ability to protect CJ Stroud will be massive. He got sacked on 6.8% of his dropbacks this season, which was 22nd in the NFL. And the Ravens had an 8.6 sack rate, which was second. So like def protecting CJ Stroud against that pass rush is going to be insanely important for the Texans. I think explosive plays are going to be an, uh, another big part of the Texans uh, game plan coming into this game. Uh, we saw how big that was for them against the Browns. Uh, the thing is, the Ravens are the best team in the NFL against teams trying to throw downfield. Granted, the Browns were second, but 
they were a completely different defense on the road. So, like, I can't even take that into account. Uh, I think this ends up being a close game. Like, I do not think this is going to be a blowout by any means. Uh, I think C.J. Stroud continues to surprise a lot of people with just how small the gap will look between him and Lamar. Uh, and and definitely how that can be during the course of a game. But I think the Ravens win. Uh, the Texas pass defense can be exploited. They're not a great team against play action. And Lamar has actually, he's like literally carved teams up when they run play action, the third high success rate amongst quarterbacks. The Texans give up the fifth most yards to tight ends. Uh, we saw Harrison Bryant and David Njoku both cook them last, last weekend. And now they're playing against probably the best tight end tandem in the NFL between Mark Andrews and Isaiah Likely. So I think that one of them has a big game maybe both of them and i just think that the ravens are the better team they end up etching this one out so that's my pick the ravens i also have uh the baltimore ravens over the houston texans um i just feel like this is if not number one at least the second best team in nfl uh at this moment the defense is just outrageous the things they can do uh they have roquan smith manning the middle uh, who is a special linebacker who covers so many areas of the field. And Kyle Hamilton, who himself is all over the field, um, always around the ball, making plays for that defense. Um, but it's it's a really good de- defense. And obviously we know Lamar Jackson is uh, them bringing in weapons to help him out, uh, having a great tight end duo. Uh, even then with the running game, taking a hit with you know different injuries, uh, them always kind of finding a way uh, to make things work uh, along that way too. Uh, well, who is it? Todd Munkin has done a great job himself. I just think uh, Baltimore uh, is really good. I don't think it'll be uh, – I'm not – I'm done, like, just riding off the Texans and C.J. Stroud at this point. That's kind of what he's becoming to me. I'm just not going to bet against him completely. Uh, I, I It's getting to the point where I always think he's going to have a chance. Uh, so we'll see how this weekend goes, of course. But I do have Baltimore over Houston Texans and – Lamar playing, still at playing the MVP level, level. and hopefully, hopefully. I, by the way, I've been thinking this a lot. I um, I've been so heavy on Lamar this year, and I have been like keeping receipts of like people who have like written him off and like had you know negative things to say about him. If he loses, <laughs> you're cooked. <laughs> you're cooked, brother. <laughs> you might as well go ahead and delete those bookmarks. <laughs> If he loses to the Texans, or just loses in his first game this year in the playoffs to anyone, I don't care if it was the Texans. I didn't care if it was the Bills or Chiefs. The, did if you see the Odell uh, Marlon Humphrey interview? Because they was talking like, "Oh yeah, they they at the end of the interview they like picked who what teams are going to win in the wild card, and they talked about Browns, uh, Texans, and Marlon Humphrey was like, "Nah, you know, like." inexperienced, you know, C.J. Stroud, he's not going to be able to get it done, and now they have to play them, so it's like, it's going <laughs> bad, brother. <laughs> so if he loses, I, I don't know what I'm going to do. Um, maybe never talk football ever again. Who knows? I don't know. But it'll be bad for the pod. So. It'll be bad for the pod. But Ravens, I do have them over the Texans, uh, and I have it kind of closer like you're you're talking about. Um, you know, I, I like this team a lot, and the Ravens, and I think they can – Go all the way. We'll just see what happens. Beautiful. Moving on to uh, 49ers Packers. Uh, I'm going to let you take this one. Who you got in this game, my boy? 49ers Packers. I um, I kind of – I didn't say this with the Houston-Baltimore uh, one, but I kind of battled with these two games right here based on the weekends that we just saw uh, from both teams. Uh, I picked the Packers. They beat the Cowboys. Kind of saw that coming, but I didn't see it to the level that we saw it. 
uh, especially with Jordan Love, Love playing at the level that he did. And then also I had the Browns beating the Houston Texans. So that kind of shocked me as well, being able to see them handle uh, that Browns defense pretty handily. Um, you know, so going to this 49ers Packers game, we've there's been a running theme for the past few years. Whenever these teams, you know, come together, it's always a 49ers kind of manhandling uh, the Packers in a way. Of course, this is a different team. Uh, they're still young uh, on both ends of the ball, uh, but I think they are better. Uh, this defense has gotten better. Even Joe Barry, who has a, a weird history this season uh, with Packers fans, of course, uh, has really shown up in some spots, and they have experience against that 49ers team. And then you have that offense uh, functioning at a, at a super high level, even with the, the youth that surrounds it. Uh, but you also have that 49ers team, which we haven't seen in a long time, uh, but you can't forget – you know, who they've been for much of the season, um, you know, with Christian McCaffrey, Debo Samuel, all those guys, Brock Purdy, Brandon Ayuk, um, you know, being a pretty special group, of course. And then you have Kyle Shanahan being, you know, one of the best coaches in football. So it's you don't want to have the recency bias in the situation. I definitely don't want to. Uh, but I think this is a game where the Packers uh, have matched up. This is the best matchup for them they've had in the past few years. Um against the 49ers, but I'm going to have the 49ers pulling this one out against the Packers. Uh, I just think that offense is too much. It's, it's pretty special in a lot of spots, uh, but I think that Packers offense does match up well against the defense. I think it's mostly that Packers defense I'm a little bit wary of in this situation. Yeah, uh, I, I pretty much to echo everything you said. I also have the 49ers winning. I think if any game is a blowout between the four, I think this is the one most likely to be. I'm not going to predict it is, but I, I could see it happening. Um, I think the Packers defense has struggled. Um, they have definitely struggled with 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 passes across the middle of the field, and I think that's where the 49ers feast. You got George Kittle, Brandon Ayuk, Debo, obviously, like all being able to get a lot of separation and make stuff happen after the catch. Um, I think the Packers are going to need to run the ball well in order for them to win. That's where the 49ers defense has like not even struggled, but been like that's their weakness in terms if they have one. That's what it is. Like teams have been able to run the ball on them, and the Packers' running game has looked pretty good with Aaron Jones. Like it's been a different yeah. game with Aaron Jones, and so if he can get loose, I think, and the Packers can sustain long drives like they did in the game versus the Cowboys. You know, like that first drive was like seven minutes fifty something seconds. Like if they can do that and keep that 49ers offense off the field and from getting in rhythm then I think they have a chance, but I just don't think they're going to be able to. Like, the, the Niners rush four, Fred Warner plays immaculate defense, and they just kind of force teams to beat them on the outside. Like, if you're – they literally say, like, hey, if your offensive line can hold up against Nick Bosa, uh, Eric Armstead, um, Chase Young, and Javon Hargrave – then you got us. <laughs> but like most offensive lines can't. And then you have the best linebacker in football roaming the middle of the field. So good luck getting anything past him. And, and so like they they do kind they don't they're not strong at corner, but like most of the times quarterbacks can even get to that progression to see wide receivers like getting open on their corner. So I I think that this is going to be a tough game for the Packers. I think the Niners offense might just be a little bit too much for them. And I I think they're probably going to get a little bit overwhelmed. I think they are the youngest team in football, and I think that's going to show. And, uh, yeah, not that's going to take nothing away from Jordan Love. I think he's going to have a good game. 
but I just don't think like team wise, I just think they are pretty much, they're pretty outmatched. So I think in this one, the Niners end up taking it and uh, they go to the NFC championship, you know, um, that brings us to Bucks Lions, which I had a very difficult time choosing. I'll be honest. Uh, I think this is a pretty even matchup. <laughs> um I I do give the Bucks credit. Like I don't think that I would have. I don't see. I didn't predict them getting anywhere near the divisional round. I think they thought they were getting anywhere near the divisional round. But like, I think Baker Mayfield's gotten hot. I think the Lions give up a bunch of chunk plays when it comes to like their passing defense. Um, and I think Baker Mayfield is the perfect quarterback to take advantage of that and throw the ball downfield to Mike Evans and Chris Godwin and my guy Trey Palmer. Um, and you know, maybe sprinkle a little bit of Kate Hine and Rashad White. The 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 thing that Bucks do really well is defend the run. I think I believe they're the best run defense in the NFL. So I don't think it's gonna be a good uh day for Rashad White. And the 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 Bucks offense does rely on him, but they do get him going in the passing game as well. Um with all that being said, I'm going to take the Lions to win. <laughs> I, I just end up thinking that, like, I, I'm not – the Lions have been the better team for the majority of the season. And, like, I think when it comes to, like, one game, winner-take-all, elimination type of settings, we get really locked in on, like, but what if? Like, what if this team does this? And maybe this happens and they can be upset. I think March Madness, like, does a lot of the brain work there and that you feel like, well, all it takes is one game, but, like, in the NFL, for whatever reason it is, like most of the time, the best team wins. And when it comes to the NFL playoffs, when it comes to who wins the Super Bowl, it's usually the two best teams battling it out and the best team in the season wins. And I think the Lions have been the better team over the course of the year. So I'm taking the Detroit Lions to win this game. I uh, I actually switched my pick uh, mid-monologue for you. Wow, thank you. Yeah, we are mid, like mid in the middle of your monologue is so crazy um i had the lions going into it i'm gonna be honest with you oh so you uh, switched it because i switched of it i switched it i not because of what you said necessarily but just a little bit what you said but also just kind of going over my thoughts mm. and what i you know saw the it's always good for us to have at least one different pick so I'm yeah down. yeah so yeah, we'll probably have two different ones though um oh shit <laughs> But I, I think the I think this is a really good matchup. I think well, like both teams match up very well with each other uh, when it comes to the defenses and you know what they like to do. Uh, offenses I think are going to have to you know make some decisions. I think the Bucks are are going to have a really good time through the air against this defense. I think uh, even with last week, you know, looking at that uh, game against the Eagles, Mike Evans dropped a few. Like he just let a few go. Baker Mayfield put it on the. In, like put on the money. Uh, I think he dropped a, a touchdown in the first drive or so, and then another drive or so later, he you know dropped the easy one for a big game as well too. Uh, but I think that that tandem has been really good. They got weapons all over. Chris Goblin's still there, of course. Tight ends have shown up pretty big, and that offensive line is still really good too. Uh, and I don't know if the Lions are going to be able to actually get a pass rush going uh, and put the pressure on Baker Mayfield. I love the Bucks defense. I think the run defense is stout. Um, you know, they got Winfield in the back end, too. Uh, many things down. Linebackers are, are, are very good, too. Uh, Laporta, who had a touchdown last weekend, uh, but still, you know, has an injury. Um, and I think that puts a little bit more pressure on that offense. And then I think Jared Goff is going to have to come. I think both quarterbacks are going to have to come up in a big spot here. Uh, and I think there's a chance to where 
it's going to have to come down to, you know, Baker Mayfield and Jared Goff really, um, you know, showing up for their teams and coming down to the better quarterback because I think these teams outside of that match up so well. I'm going to go with the Bucks in the situation because of that run defense, because of what they have on the outside and Baker Mayfield playing at a, a pretty high level, uh, you know, for those standards and, and what they need. Beautiful. Um, yeah, I think this is – I love that you're predicting a Baker Mayfield NFC championship game. Baker Mayfield one game away. Baker Mayfield one game away from a Super Bowl. I don't want <laughs> but, to. I, I want to pick the Lions. I love the Lions. Jameer Gibbs, I'll, I'll say this every week, has become probably my favorite player, one of my favorite players in the NFL. And I have a lot of st- stock in him in the fantasy, and he's like my favorite dynasty asset right now. Uh, so like, I don't want to pick – I don't want to pick the Bucks, but it's just it's starting to make more sense to me as I think about it and really go through it. So I'm a I'm a roll with the Bucks, yeah. Boom. Baker Mayfield, man. man. Baker Mayfield, baby. <laughs> and so uh, that brings us to the last game on the divisional round slate. The game everybody's waiting for, the game that everyone's been waiting for all season, two years almost. Uh, brings us to Chiefs at Bills, the first road playoff game Patrick Mahomes has ever played in his entire career. He is uh eight one and one as an underdog. Um, that one that one time he didn't cover was against the Bills, though. I just want to make that clear. Um, he is indeed an underdog, and he is on the road for the first time. Like I said, every single AFC Championship game since twenty eighteen has been at Arrowhead. Uh, this Crazy. year that that will not be the case. Like I said before, he has never lost in the divisional and wild card round. Um. And the only two quarterbacks to beat him are Tom Brady and Joe Burrow in the playoffs. And I think Josh Allen adds his name to that list. So I, I, that, I'm taking the Bills, baby. I got the Bills as my Super Bowl champion. So um, I think if they do beat the Chiefs and then they beat the Ravens, like that's a tough, tough to go from Steelers, Chiefs, Ravens, Super Bowl, like that's a tough way to get. That's a tough path. Um, but I, I'm I'm taking the Bills. I think they've, like I've said, I think they've been the better team all season. I think the maybe not all season. I think they've been the better team for the majority of the season. And I think all year long, I have said like, listen, this Chiefs team is not the same Chiefs team. Like they have not looked as explosive offensively. Um, and they've just struggled. Their defense has been great. I think they're the second best total defense in the league, but, and the bills have been a great defense as well. I think this is a, I believe this is a battle two top five defenses, but I just think like when, rubber comes to road crazy uh, thing to say but when when like shit hits the fan basically when i have to decide whether or not this is the chiefs team that's going to make the afc chip i just don't think they're good enough like i think this is the reason i've been saying all year long this is not the same team it's been for the past five years and so if i've been saying that all season long i can't believe that they're just going to do the same thing they've done for the last five years this is the game that tells the rest of the world and makes the Chiefs believe that we can't do what we did coming into this offseason. Like there has to be some kind of shift, whether it be in mentality when it comes to roster building or just something has to change because this team isn't good enough. And so I'm taking the Buffalo Bills to win and give Patrick Mahomes his first non-Super Bowl slash conference championship loss, baby. Uh, Going to your last point about the roster construction of the Chiefs, um, They've done a great job building that defense. Uh, really it is. Turning, the defense is really uh, good. The offense. 
Yeah, trading Tyreek Hill and really, you know, making that defense come about and, and really construct uh constructing the roster uh to really, you know, be good in playoff football, uh be physical, be good in tough games, late games. Um from what I've read and I've heard, it seems like they uh Brett Beach uh has tried his hardest to trade up in a draft for a receiver. I don't know which for and this was this past season. I don't know which receiver it was. I don't know. It's probably Quinn Johnson. <laughs> Wouldn't have worked out if it was Quinn Johnson. Um, but from what I from what I've read and what I've heard, they uh he tried his hardest uh to trade for a receiver in this past draft and no one was budging. So like it seemed like he knew that he needed a receiver. They wanted to go through the draft. They didn't want to go through free agency and get an older receiver like a Hopkins or OBJ. Um you know, but he he tried his hardest. I don't know. And either way, I hope hopefully they get a receiver uh, in the off season. No matter if they get a Super Bowl, make it to the AFC Championship, whatever comes from it, they need to get Patrick Mahomes a legitimate number one receiver um, because we can't see another season like this. This was dreadful. This was a dreadful. And I think Rashi Rice has been nice. Like I don't want to go without mentioning. Yeah, Rashi. yeah, yeah. He, he, yeah, he's, he's been right. great. He's been great after the catch. He's he's really come on like as his season has progressed. And like that's impressive as a rookie because like you do most rookies hit a wall. But like I don't know if you can trust in the second year of Rasheed Rice going into next season and being like, Yeah, that's enough. You know, yeah. like Travis Kelsey's gonna be a year older. Uh like I don't know that you can be like, Yeah, second year Rasheed Rice, he's enough for us to to really make a Super Bowl run. Now, if they win the chip this year, cool, do it. But me not thinking they are, I just that that's where my mind's at. No, no matter what, they can't roll with another season of MBS being being a guy. Hardman has been not you great. <laughs> I don't know why he's out there sometimes. Um, I I understand why they brought him back, which just hasn't worked out. Kadarius Tony, they're getting Sky Moore back. Yeah. <laughs> like it's just like you have you just have to get something else besides Rice and Kelsey. Uh, I the offensive line's been nice for the most part. Uh, they they're super physical run games there. Pacheco uh, is freaking awesome. Like he has been such a huge part. He and the offensive line um, has have been such a huge part in actually uh, changing that offense and helping that offense be revamped uh, and bring the physicality to an offense that used to be known for being so high flying and and you know so many passing yards and whatever. Uh, you know, so that's awesome. Just seeing a team be able to uh, change your identity like that uh, in the past few years. Um, and then I think the Bills have always been a tough matchup for the Chiefs, uh, no matter how the result has been. I think they've always just been giving the Chiefs problems and they've always been close games. And uh, of course, it's Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes going back and forth. So it's like, you know, these are two. Uh, to the most elite quarterbacks. Now we got two uh, top deep, two top defense going, going against each other. Uh, we got Snead and Diggs. We have so many great matchups. Uh, we got the Bills defensive line going up against the the Chiefs offensive line, especially that interior. We have the Chiefs defensive line going against the Bills, uh, you know, offensive line. There's so many great matchups uh, going on in this game. You can go with uh James Cook and freaking Nick Bolton if you want to. Like, I don't like <laughs> right, bro. Like there's so many great matchups in this game. Andy Reid against Sean McDermott. Like you can just name so many. Um, you know, so we're we're in for hopefully what will be a classic of a game uh that will you know decide the the, the AFC championship and, and who come, go, gets into that game. Um 
at the end of the day, man, I cannot, I, I just can't do it yet. I can't go against Patrick Mahomes. I just can't do it yet. Uh, he, he is a whole other animal in the playoffs. He is special. Um, of course, Josh Allen is in that same tier as special. Uh, but we need to see it come together for sure um, before I can at least uh, prop him up over. Uh, He's 2-0 and against Josh Allen in the playoffs. It, yeah, so like, so like, <laughs> like, like, man, like, I, like we just got to see it, of course. Um, you know, but it's really hard to go against uh, Patrick Mahomes, even with the offense looking like it has, you know, but they've been able to, uh, again, again, um, change their identity. They've been able to adapt. Andy Reid has stuck with the run game. He's been patient. Pacheco has changed his offense. Rice has been huge for him. Patrick Mahomes, Patrick Mahomes. Uh, you know, this defense is, uh, you got uh, McDuffie, Trent McDuffie on that end. You got Legereus Sneed. Uh, being with a shadow, uh, Stefan Diggs and Sneath had an all pro type of season and got snubbed because a, a guy had what six interceptions or something like that. Yeah, he had like six pick sixes or something six like pick, that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, six pick sixes. So it's just like, like, but he had a special season and that defense has a lot of special pieces. Uh, so I'm just ready for the game, but I'm gonna go with Chiefs over Bills. Boom. And so me and Club, we are we have two of the same the all we agree on both the Saturday games and disagree on both the Sunday games. So we shall see what happens. Um and with that, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode of the Run It Up Podcast. We're gonna go ahead and get up out of here. Make sure you subscribe on whatever platform you're listening on. If it's podcast, leave a five star rating or review, subscribe on iTunes or Apple Podcasts, uh Spotify, whatever you're listening to. Uh subscribe on YouTube, leave a comment, like the video. Share with your friends and family. Follow us on Twitter at Run It Up Pod. Follow us on TikTok at the Run It Up Podcast. You can follow me on Twitter at Najee Adams underscore Khalil on Twitter at Balil44. Justice on Twitter at JReed underscore. I hope you guys have a litty day, a litty night, a litty life. And just like we do on every episode of this podcast, make sure y'all go run it up. It's her. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Run It Up Podcast. If you want to keep up and see what Najee is up to, follow him on Twitter at NajeeAdams underscore. Hit him with some questions or topics that you want to hear in the next episode of the Run It Up Podcast.